pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Joe Reiner, Jason Minix, The Blitz. It is The Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM 1250, 103.3 FM. He is Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Minix. What's going on, Jason? Oh, man, just enjoying a Thursday. It is Thursday. Beautiful day. Learning things today, too. Learning lots of things. We always learn things when we come in here. Yeah, we do. Um, I learned today that Batman has a new movie out tonight. And apparently yeah. I'm the only one that didn't know that Batman was coming out tonight. Well, the only reason I knew, I saw a promo, I think it was last night, on TV or somewhere that, uh, yeah, it was coming out. It looks pretty good, but, you know, usually you see a, a commercial for a, a new movie and... That's the best part of the movie. I hate when that happens. Yeah. I hate when that happens. I, I, I'm I not the biggest movie guy. Yo, Pledge, God bless him, love him. But he can recite you every script, every character. He'll tell you who the third grip was on the fourth scene. I, I'm not that <laughs> way, right? And I was shocked he was, he's not going today. He's lying. You think so? He's lying. He'll go. He can't help himself. Well, his words to me were, as he was walking out the door, I said, have a good evening. He said, I'm going to go to the gym, listen to y'all, and go to bed. Those were his words. That's a good plan. <laughs> I mean, but, 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 but honestly, I, I would... Now, I didn't realize, apparently, it is a three-hour movie. It is. Yeah. I was excited about the movie until I heard that. It's got to be one hell of a movie for me to sit there for three hours. Well, you know, I'm not... I, I like the first Batman. When mm -hmm. it first came out, that was good. And Jack Nicholson is a Joker, and you yeah. know, that was good. And, and, and you know, they some of them have been good, and then some of them, eh, so-so. So I don't know about this, because the guy that's playing Batman doesn't look like the most manly, you know, He-Man kind of guy. Okay. There's a guy from Twilight. I don't know. I kind of. I want. I want Batman to be like a. Hey, Batman. Right. I'm Batman, and don't mess with me because if you do, yeah, you'll get a foot up your behind. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's now. I, I've always. I'm not into Marvel stuff. I'm not in. No. Like I haven't seen the new Spider-Man. Probably never will. Right. I, I mean, it's just not my thing. When it's on Netflix, maybe. But I've. But I have watched all the Batmans through the years. Yeah. Although I can't tell you all about them. Right, I, I mean, you know, again, I'm not going to recite anything, but I am looking for that next movie where I go. Besides Top Gun, yeah, I, I know that's coming out, but I feel like that's been coming out for three years. It has. When, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like, what's going to get me to go back to the movie theater? Which isn't a big deal that I haven't gone to a movie theater yet since they all shut down because it's not like I went a lot before, so it's not like. 
man, I can't wait to go back and, you know, pay for really expensive good popcorn or, or whatever the case is. I just have never been a big moviegoer. I will go, but it better be one hell of a movie for me to actually go sit in the theater and go. Well, I like it now because uh, we'll go to the Palladium, mm-hmm. Maggie and I, and you go to the adult section. There's Careful. A, Explain. Uh, well, <laughs> there's an, uh, if you go upstairs, it's it's, an, it's adults it's, only. It's a bar. It's well, and there's a bar it, you, up you there. You call that 21 and up. Okay. When you're talking about movies in adult sections, you're thinking lots of X's and a private room and a roll of paper towels. Pee Wee Herman yeah. kind of thing. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Edwin doesn't know what I'm talking about. but He the, knows. Yeah. So he knows. He's just looking the, at you like a creepy, dirty old man. It's the over 21. There's a real nice bar in there. And, of course, you yeah. go in. They've got... The cocoon kind of thing, the two-seat deal, yeah, you yeah. can sit there, mm-hmm. and then you've got a server that comes by, so you can have drinks or food or whatever you want. And the popcorn's free, by the way. It's because you've... You've paid for it. <laughs> you've paid for it. But I, can, I enjoy that. I, I'll do that. So I don't know if we'll go see Batman, but you know that's something that Maggie and I did before the world shut down. Have you, I was, have you been to a theater since the world shut down? Yes. Yes. I, I couldn't even tell you what we saw, though. I think it was Godzilla, the latest Godzilla movie. You didn't care. You just wanted drinks in a cocoon to make no, out in. I'm I'm a big Godzilla fan. Always have been since I was a kid. I love God. I think it was Godzilla versus King Kong. All right. That one came out recently, I think, didn't it? Sure. And yeah. We'll go with that. I was a little disappointed with how it ended because, you know, when I was a kid, I <laughs> ended up mo- with you getting a bill. At, well, that too. <laughs> Every Saturday at the Rialto Theater in Alice, Texas, uh-huh. when I was a kid, my dad would drop us off. All my friends would meet there, and they'd have a Godzilla movie marathon. Every Saturday? Every Saturday. started at noon. <laughs> wow. I mean, it, it wouldn't last into the night, so people that could do you know regular movies, there's only one movie theater. It wasn't what? like you had you know 25 theaters in one building. It's funny. That's growing up in Copper's Cove, Texas. We never had the movie marathons other than Rocky Horror every now and then. But we used to get dropped off, I want to say, by 2 o'clock. And the Cove Theater had two screens. Yeah. Didn't matter what was playing. You would go see two movies. You'd go to the 2 o'clock and then the 4 o'clock. And then your parents would pick you up after they've had the day to go to the commissary, go to the PX, do whatever parents do in the middle of the day. And you know, then you realize as an adult... You found two hours to watch your kid. You found two hours to watch your kid, even if you just went home and sat in your chair. Right. Kind of. But, I mean, I, yeah. There are other things to do, though. There are. For five minutes. <laughs> Whatever it takes to get your, you know, for, yes, exactly. I mean, you <clears throat> have to um, strategically plan things. Yeah, you do. You know, for, I was just in Vegas over the weekend. Yeah. Kid was sharing the room with us. You had to be careful. Nine o'clock in the morning. Let's go to Starbucks. Because <laughs> that's guaranteed 45 minutes. Yeah, at, at, at a hotel Gu- like that. Guaranteed yes. at, at, yeah. uh, at Aria. Yeah. It's a 45 minute trip. Yeah. Why don't you run down and get some Starbucks? And she didn't know any better. She's sure, Dad, I'll be happy to I'm do that. Sure, she knows. <laughs> She's 23. She knows. I mean, it's not like you had to say, hey, kid, Yeah, you know, it's it's the morning. You know, yeah. Why don't you run to Starbucks? Right. Yeah, my kids would have said, well, can we just call room service? <laughs> <laughs> See, but they won't bring you Starbucks. Oh, well, psh, See, I don't they'll, care. they'll bring you regular coffee. It's all I need. Yeah. It's but, all I need. Unless you need 45 minutes. Right. Which or you 10, don't. Or 10. Yeah. 
<laughs> so what, what'd you do for the other 35 minutes? Took a shower, okay. got cleaned up, got ready to go. <laughs> it's kind of, kind of what it boils down okay. to. Dude, I'm sitting here looking at you, and I'm just creeping out just thinking about that. I love you and all, I but mean, I, you know, yeah, there's some things that friends just it, it, don't talk about. Well, I mean, but but again, it's it's. I mean, it's not like Michael Jimenez who openly talks about his schedule and tells everybody his schedule that he has with his wife. Which well, that creeped me out. I, too. I don't understand that yeah. at all. Just do what you do, and I don't yeah. need to hear about it. Well, I'm, I didn't want to tell you about it, but you asked because you were like, "Well, there's other things you could do." <laughs> well, yeah, we could have just ended it right there. Fully aware. We could have just ended it right there. Fully aware. And the fact that you told me it took ten minutes, you're lying. You're jealous. <laughs> you're lying. You're jealous. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, hey, it's Thursday. <laughs> it's a beautiful day outside. You know who won't be taking advantage of those opportunities anytime soon? Who's that? Blake Jarwin. Yeah. Blake Jarwin of the Dallas Cowboys had hip surgery. What's described as an unusual hip surgery for a football player. And this could be pretty major for the Dallas Cowboys in their offseason planning. Because this hip surgery will cost him the start of next season... You're looking at a minimum eight-month recovery, and his career might be over. This is this is one of those surgeries, depending on how rehab goes, it might be a career-ending injury that none of us knew about. I think whether it's career-ending or not, his, his time with the Dallas Cowboys is done. It's got to be. He's done with the Dallas Cowboys. He won't be back there. And I'm not even sure this hip surgery would have prevented that anyway. Um, he's going to be making like $4 million next year. And I think if they, if they release him, it saves them a couple of million bucks and the Cowboys need all they, all they can get right now. And it goes back to something that I saw, uh, Jane Slater tweet about the other day is that Dalton Schultz may be the franchise guy for the Dallas Cowboys this year. Well, if he gets the franchise tag and you know, when you think about who could get the tag, you go, why would you tag Schultz? Who's coming off of great year. I mean, he's had the best year for a tight end since like 2013 when Jason Witten had a hell of a year. But the tag for a tight end is only $10.8 million this year. Where you go with a wide receiver, it's like nineteen one. Right. The idea of tagging Dalton Schultz, and the problem there is $10.8 goes against the cap. So do you really want to use a franchise tag on that guy? But now you might need to just to make sure you have a tight end. The flip side is this is a deep tight end draft. There's not a Kyle Pitts-like tight end, but there are a ton of tight ends in this draft that are going to be very serviceable NFL tight ends. You know, Probably nobody on day one, maybe one or two on day two, but a lot of day three, you know, third, fourth round guys, uh, Dane Bugler from The Athletic, who is a fantastic draft analysis, says 12 to 15 tight ends drafted on day three is what he projected heading into it. So if you were ever going to have a year where you go, oh, crap, we need a tight end, that wasn't really in our plans, this is a good year for that to happen versus last year when it was a very thin tight end draft. Well, and I think that's good for the Cowboys because I'm not sure. Look, Dalton Schultz had a good year. But, I mean, he got the football thrown to him quite a bit this year. Mm-hmm. Maybe out of necessity, maybe when we've discussed that a lot. But I, I'm not sure he's your guy. 
I'm not sure I'm going to go into the season or into the future, you know, three, four, five years from now saying, we're going to rest on Dalton Schultz and he's going to be our guy. I don't think you do that. So I think you do draft. So I was watching the combine a little bit earlier and this kid from Nebraska, Austin Allen, mm-hmm. he's a monster and he runs pretty fast for a monster. And so, you know, there are a lot of guys out there, and I just happened to notice him because he's such a big dude, and I was trying to see his stats, but the guy's got to be at least 6'6", 6'7", I would say. 6'9", is what he is. He's 6'9", he's already 23 years old, according to this, and uh, 6'9", and he's big. He's not a, he's not a beanpole. Well, and, and the question is, I, I mean, because I think... Dalton Schultz could be your guy, the way the Cowboys use a tight end in the in the receiving game. Because while he's not a Tony Gonzalez type, he's a reliable receiver. And he became the security blanket for Dak Prescott. I, I mean, he really was. He was sure. he was that guy. He's not a great blocker. And that's where Jason Witten was so good for so many years. Jason Witten was both. They brought in that Blake Bell guy, the bell dozer, trying yeah. to use him as a blocker. They've, you know, there was that other dude that they have, uh, you, you know. But you go back, remember, and he was a bust, but Gavin Escobar that yep, they drafted yep, in second yep. round. And again, Escobar was a bust, but I think what they wanted in Gavin Escobar, they're getting out of a Dalton Schultz. That idea of a good pass catcher, good solid route runner, be that security blanket. You know, Escobar was a taller guy, probably more of a wide receiver, but would fit into that that mold of what the tight end was becoming at the time. And you, you know, it's uh, it, but but Escobar never worked. So I'm not totally dismissing Schultz as a worthless player. That there's why would you want to tag him? I think there's a reason there, but you're not going to overpay a guy like Dalton Schultz. Well, and that's what I mean. So the tag is is a good thing, especially with the numbers you're talking about. Remember Dak Prescott when they tagged him? Yeah, you know, I think the first one was like twenty two million. The second one was like twenty five. So yeah. you know, it is a big hit, and the Cowboys really can't afford a big hit on their cap. They're already over the cap as it is. I just think you need to look to the future, and for what the reasons that you just stated: good pass catcher, but not the greatest of blocker. The Cowboys have been really fortunate. You know, you mentioned Jason Witten, and then Jay Novacek before mm-hmm. him was the same type of player. And I think the Cowboys want to stick to what they do and do best, and how the Cowboys have been made is run the football first, throw second. And that's kind of what they do, although this year was a little bit of a difference out of necessity. But if you want to get back to that, you need a guy that can do both. And I'm just not sure. That's why I'm just not sold on Dalton Schultz. Well, and, and again, I look at it. It's not like the Cowboys have had a lot of success in drafting tight ends. I mean, you go back to Jason Witten. Obviously, that was a, a hell of a pickup. But you've had guys like Martellus Bennett and Escobar and Jeff Swaim and Rico Gathers, which was a, a major project and ultimate failure of yeah. a project. And you did draft... Uh, uh, Dalton Schultz, and and you look at where Blake Jarwin is at, and yeah, you know what they thought he was going to be until he started suffering injuries, and this injury, career ending, but certainly seems like it's going to be Cowboys ending because they're going to be able to release him with the medical designation and save some money against the cap, and maybe if he's healthy, they're able to re-sign him. You know, I I saw a thing last night on ESPN that Gronkowski is. A free agent, mm-hmm. probably not going back to Tampa Bay, 
and they were trying to say where's a good landing spot for a guy like Gronkowski. And last night on, I can't remember if I was watching ESPN or NFL Network to be honest, but you know they were talking about him in Buffalo. You know, yeah, I saw he's, that. He's from yeah. that area, all that kind of stuff, and that that certainly would make a lot of sense. A one year run with Gronkowski and the Cowboys that'd be great. I, absolutely, I, I and knowing Gronkowski and his desire to be in the public eye. And after spending a couple of years in Florida, I don't know if he really wants to go back and play in Buffalo. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? But but also, when you look at the NFC right now, your chance of getting back to the Super Bowl is better in the NFC than it is in the AFC. No, you're right. The NFC is weaker than the AFC right now. Um, but Gronkowski has been an AFC guy most of his career. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it changed with Tampa Bay. Um I think it would be great. I, I really do. And you're right. He would get a lot of attention in Dallas. He would get a lot of attention. He would make a ton of money in marketing alone, like everybody else that puts a star on their helmet. But that's the thing. They're going to have to sell him on that because they're not going to have a lot of money to pay him. And no. Buffalo may have more money. And if he's looking at just another another run... You know, Gronkowski's not going to come cheap. He's not one of those guys that's going to play for a few million bucks. No, but, but I, you know, you wonder what, where the Cowboys could find some money. And again, it's spaghetti on the wall season. Right, so let's right. throw it out sure, there and exactly. see could you get a Gronkowski. Well, if you're, if you're Kellen Moore sitting there going, how do we design this offense right now? Let's say you lose an Amari Cooper. Okay, now you need another real strong offensive weapon. Gronkowski is going to be a lot cheaper than an Amari Cooper, right? Sure. So, you know, C.D. Lamb becomes the number one. Whatever you end up doing with number two, and we still don't know if it'll be Gallup or if Gallup, you lose Gallup and Cooper, Cedric Wilson, C.D. Lamb. That's a little weak. You don't have a lot of fear on the defensive side. You add a Gronkowski in the middle of that. Now you've got a pretty good plan, a pretty good threat. And he certainly is still a threat. Look at the numbers he put up with Tom Brady. That's great. Tampa Bay had a pretty good offensive line. They did. They the did. Cowboys don't. Well, again, you still got to fix those too. But you've got to fix. It. I don't care. You can bring in a Gronkowski, and that's great. And he would be. He would turn into Dak Prescott's security blanket. Yep. Out of necessity, though, I think. And if you're looking at Wilson and Lamb on the outside. I mean, that doesn't scare anybody. Well, and that's part of the reason why I'm, I'm like, everybody's like, get rid of Amari. Why? Exactly. I, I mean, you, you financially, you've got to figure out either let him walk, but you better have another young star receiver ready to go. Not saying draft a receiver in the first round. But, Please don't. But the, the Cowboys have the weapons, and they didn't obviously cash in with the Super Bowl with all those great weapons. Now, if you start taking away the effectiveness of the offense, what's going to happen? So the Gronkowski idea, which honestly, two days ago, I wouldn't have thought was a a real need for the Cowboys to go chase. But if they're going to be down a tight end, and they are with Blake Jarwin, you've got to replace that. And then you look at, start really looking at the production from the tight end position from a guy named Dalton Schultz. What could that production look like, especially with mismatches with a tight end like a Rob Gronkowski? Uh, I think it would be fabulous. You, know, you don't have to sell me, and I don't think you'd have to sell any Cowboy fan on that. I think any Cowboy fan would love to have a Rob Gronkowski 
in the lineup. And that guy can block. I mean, he is a decent blocker mm-hmm. as well. I mean, the guy, he does it very well, which is something that would help the Cowboys on both ends. But until they do something, and and I'm going to go into this draft, and I know everybody's saying an edge rusher is what they need or a linebacker is what they need. Baloney. They, if they don't draft at the best offensive lineman in the draft with their first pick, it's to me it's a wasted pick because that's where they've got to figure things out and get that done. They did a great job of that prior, what, five, six, seven years back. That's where they need to focus, and if they don't focus on that, if you don't keep Dak Prescott upright, if you're not blocking it and allowing the running backs to run, then the Cowboys are done, and they're not going to be able to beat the good teams again next year. The only only part of what I just heard from you that I'll disagree with is we will know more and have a better idea once we see what they might do in free agency because I am a best draft best player available kind of guy but cd lamb but of need that's worked right? out well but, hasn't but it? Of, yes but of need zeke elliott um but of need right so i'm not gonna take in a first round an offensive lineman that would likely still be there in the second round or or the third round obviously right i, and I know that's that. not what you're saying but right but i also remember all of us bitching that Jerry Jones traded up to take Travis Frederick at the end of the first round when people had second and third round grades on him, and that was a brilliant decision it by was. the Dallas Cowboys to make that move. Absolutely it was, and and it hurt them badly when he had to retire. So what I'm saying is I think the Cowboys did such a great job, and look at the names on that offensive line that they drafted and built mm-hmm. that offensive line through the draft. They they need to do the same thing again, and I know that the you know the twinkle of a CD Lamb was out there, and I get why they took him, but you've got to draft need, and if you can't block, if you can't open up holes, then you're not going to beat good teams. We saw that this year. Cowboys can beat the Washingtons of the world and the the Giants of the world, mm-hmm. okay, and beat them soundly, but you can't beat San Francisco. You couldn't beat the Arizona Cardinals, and. You've got to be able to run the football. That's Dallas Cowboy football. And if they can't do that, you're not going to the Super Bowl. So for everybody right now, and because you're going to, as it sits right now, likely to lose Gregory or Lawrence or both. Okay. Right? So that's why Edge Rusher is on everybody's mock They weren't getting to the quarterback anyway with those two guys. I'm of the proponent. Just help the offense so they can go score all the points we expect them to score. Micah Parsons was your best pass rusher. I remember, they didn't even really want him. They were looking for a corner, but the guys that they wanted were off the board, so they end up with Micah Parsons, and if you redrafted just from a year ago, I don't know if he's number one. Well, no, he's probably not number one overall, but he's in the top he's five. He's in the top five, for Definitely sure. in the top five. Yeah, no question, and I don't think he he would have lasted much longer anyway. He was the guy. He was. And and a lot of people, and remember, he didn't he didn't play in his yeah, last yeah. year of college. He set out. So, Insane. Um, the, yeah, the Cowboys got lucky there, but, Jason, they've got to do something with that offensive line, and I don't care. I just, that to me is the meat and potatoes of football. If your offensive line is not there, you're done. You're toast. You can't do anything. I don't care if you have the best pass rusher there is. That's why the the Washington Commanders are willing to to deal Chase Young. 
you can find guys that are okay there and can get the job done. But if that offensive line can't get the job done, forget about it. I, I agree. And again, you look at the NFC East as it sits right now. Could change tremendously. It could. I credit Washington's football team, while everybody is mocking Washington's <laughs> football team, for calling Green Bay and asking about Aaron Rodgers. Why wouldn't you? Of course. Apparently, they've called everybody to ask about the availability of their quarterback. And people are mocking them. Why wouldn't you? I, I mean, that's called due diligence. If you think there's a chance, go explore it. What do you got? What do you You good with the quarterback? What can we do? I mean, you called everybody with the quarterback that you might want because they don't want to go with Heineken again. So why wouldn't you? I, I know they're getting universally mocked for doing it. I don't blame them. I think that's brilliant. I think it's brilliant. Every team would like to have a franchise quarterback. And that's why if the rumors were true that they were offering the Houston Texans Chase Young and a couple of picks – I, I and everybody said that's crazy. I would have made that deal in a heartbeat. And you look at the NFC East. For Deshaun Watson, that is. W Washington is trying to find themselves a quarterback. Yep. And willing to trade a lot to go find a quarterback. Philadelphia is not necessarily sold on Jalen Hurts. I think if they could find another quarterback, they would make that move. So uh, imagine Washington and Philadelphia with significant upgrades at their quarterback position. And then you've got the Cowboys. The Giants, they seem to be married to, to Jones, and they want to trade Saquon. So I don't know what the hell they're doing in New York. But, they need an offensive line. But, but they also need an <laughs> offensive line. But if a couple of star quarterbacks end up in the NFC East, now all of a sudden, when I'm drafting, those edge rushers, uh, those defenders, are going to be a whole lot more important. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Let's see how free agency plays out when we start figuring out what's going to happen in the in the draft. And that's going to be fun to watch because a lot of these quarterbacks and if if deals are to be made and guys are going to move, it's going to happen before the draft. Or yes. the, right, it has to. So, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see and you're exactly right. There could be two quarterbacks there that improve both of those teams tremendously. And even though the Giants say they're not willing to do something, somebody falls in their lap or they get an opportunity, I guarantee you they pull the trigger on that thing. So you could have all three. I mean, what's to say they don't they don't uh, trade Danny Dimes somewhere else and, and uh, uh, have their franchise quarterback they, they, there? They could end up with somebody. I mean, that's it's, it's going to be – that's why I love the NFL offseason. Dude, I, the NFL never has an offseason. Okay, and and that's what I love about it. Well, and, and quite frankly, especially for sports talk radio, sometimes offseason more entertaining than the actual season. I agree. Because all of us are better general managers than the fool that has the job. <laughs> well, I think most people might agree with that. Poor Jerry Jones. A lot of people say they could do a better job. Well, and I know a guy that sits in that chair that you're sitting in right now that's on from 7 to 10 a.m. on this station that says being a GM is easy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, if it was easy, Jerry might be able to do it a little bit better. Don't knock on wood. And I'm not, I'm not sure that Jerry is not better than his son. His son kind of concerns me and should concern every Cowboy fan. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio <laughs> Sports Star ESPN AM 1250 103.3 FM. Coming up, boy, we got a lot to get into today, including the Spurs. They play tonight. 
Uh, Lovey Smiths with some interesting things to say about his new job as head coach of the Houston Texans. Speaking of, we'll talk with John McClain of the Houston Chronicle coming up at 530. It's a Thursday. What's on tap? Brought to you by Sam's Burger Joint. The play is in. The Blitz with Joe Reinagle and Jason Minix. ESPN 1250 and 1033 FM. Bring that ass back like a boom, 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 boom. San Antonio Spurs back home tonight after the long rodeo road trip. It is the Blitz. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minix here on San Antonio Sports Star. ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. How about Edwin coming in with the music there, huh? That was good. Edwin Hafner running the show today, driving the bus, as it were. I don't choose the music, but it was, it was good music. Dude, take credit. I don't care who chooses Who it. chooses the music? Ask Pledge. <laughs> <laughs> You're producing this, right? Yeah. Well, it's on your watch, so take credit. I mean, if it sucks, then you blame Pledge. If we like it, you say, hell yeah, that was all me. I should take credit for everything good on this show. Absolutely. Even if it's not mine. Of course. Well, you're a part of it, right? Absolutely. I mean, you're, you're, you know, it's kind of like a pilot, right? The whole crew will take credit for a successful flight, right? Yeah. When it crashes, they blame one dude. Right? That's true. But when it's a good flight, if it takes off and lands, the whole crew gets credit. True. So, Edwin, the, the, the moral of this story is, that was a great song, my friend. Great. <laughs> very well chosen. Thank you. <laughs> Edwin Hafner. A man of very few words. He is, but I tell you what, he's doing a hell of a he job. He is doing a hell of a job. Glad that he's sitting in with us from uh, 4 to 7 as Pledge is waking up early now with Rob and Rudy. He's he's probably in the gym right now doing Pledger poses while listening to us saying, I want credit for that! I chose that! <laughs> he's screaming and yes. people are wondering, what the hell's the matter with that guy? Yeah, they think that no matter what. <laughs> probably. <laughs> you, you look at the Spurs, it's been forever since the Spurs have played at home. Yeah, it has. February 4th was their last home game. They go 4-4 four and four on the road trip. At the beginning of the road trip, I think we all would have taken a 500 road trip. We would have been thrilled. Why does it feel like people were unhappy with the road trip? Because it started out better than it ended. Okay. And I think that's why. <laughs> right? So, you know, you're thinking the way it started out, then it could have been a really good rodeo road trip instead it kind of ended with a thud so i think that's why people are upset and and you know you know how people are we're in a microwave society it's mm-hmm. it's what happened just five minutes ago that that gets everybody excited well they the spurs have a game tonight against a team that they should beat. they should you've got two teams desperate for wins yep two teams that are fighting to be in the play in well sacramento lost last night to new orleans so they're coming off a of back-to-back. Uh, it's a game. I, I saw some of what happened and read some of what happened. It looked like the Kings had a chance to win that game, but um, they couldn't get it done. And that would have helped the Spurs, obviously. But, um, you know, the Spurs are looking to climb in over a couple of teams. They're going to have to. So everybody says, well, we got to get by New Orleans or we have to get by the Lakers. First team they got to get by is Portland. Okay, You take it one step at a time. There's about, what, 20 games left in the season, I think. 
So, you know, it's one step at a time. you got to get by Portland. Then you start worrying about the next team. I don't know what you saw last night, but the Pelicans beat Sacramento 125-95. to 95. Well, it was close at one time. I think when it started, it was really close. 0-0 <laughs> zero, zero at, at, at one point. I mean, looking at the score by quarter, uh, Sacramento was up by two at the end of one. Um, they scored 13 whole points in the third quarter. But this is... I, <laughs> what are you laughing at? It was close. Dude, I, I heard you say that. I looked up and said, that's not the score I saw. Let me double check. Yeah. And dude, they kept it within 30, man. They were right there. They were right there. <laughs> Come on. Try to give them some credit. Uh-huh. It would have helped the Spurs out. Two days off of TV, you're not doing highlights, and you see a score and go, oh, that's close. <laughs> <laughs> I see how that works. No, but you, you look at it, and I just... With this Spurs team, and I'm still mixed on what I want to see, I want them to go compete. If they end up in the play-in, they end up in the play-in. If they end up in the lottery, I'm fine with it. right? I, I mean, we're not close enough yet, although we are now in the march, where I I will actively root for one or the other. Does that make sense? Sure. Um, because getting in the lottery doesn't guarantee you get a guy that's going to be your franchise changer it does not go compete go compete and it's listening to the guys talk especially since the trade deadline doesn't sound like any of those players are not trying to win games they are trying to to make the play in to make the playoffs they want to extend their season they want to win i mean you know i love the attitude from the struggling spurs team because they know where they want to go to, and they feel like they can get there. I wouldn't want you on my team if you didn't want to win. Agree. I mean, come on. And that's why this whole talk about tanking is just so ludicrous in my mind. Because these young players that the Spurs have, I mean, there's no way you could even go in. Even if you told them, I command you, I order you to <laughs> throw games. And they're not going to do that. It's just not in their DNA. They're going to go out and play to win, and and that's what they're going to do. And So tanking is just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of in the NBA. Now, apparently, uh, allegedly, it happens in the NFL. For money. But again, though, the players aren't trying to tank. No. And, and there were times last year, based on lineups, I knew Pop wasn't trying to win a game. Or you felt like Pop wasn't trying to win a game just by who was on the floor and who was on the bench. You know, but... They've got, what, about 20 games left or right at 20 right games 20, left? Yeah. Right at 20. You know, they are 24 and 38, so that's 62. So, yeah, so yeah, they've 20 got 20 games. games left. They've got to make up a couple three just to get into the play-in. I think the idea of them actually getting into the playoffs is is a pretty big chunk that doesn't seem realistic. But they can get into the playoffs by being in the play-in tournament, right? So you look at that with 20 games left. And some, can't call them easy games because it's the Spurs. Right, But a, right. Lot, of, a lot of winnable games. You know, you, you've got a game tonight against Sacramento. One of the few teams you're actually above in the standings. Yep. Right? You, you know, so you, you look at that and you go, okay, there. you got the Lakers that are coming up. The Lakers in a free fall right now. And that's a team you need to knock out of the way to get into the play-in tournament. That Laker game, for a variety of reasons, is going to be a huge one. 
Sure it is. And I think they've got New Orleans on the schedule at least one more time, and Portland as well. Portland, I'm not sure about, but I know New Orleans is on the on the schedule. So you, you've got your fate, and look, they're going to have to. You know, you're going to have to have a winning record in these last 20 games to get this done. But it's not out of the realm of possibility, and I still believe they're going to get it done. Um, you know, two games back, they got two with Portland coming up. Okay. Actually, well, there uh, you go. Uh, uh, looking at the upcoming schedule, Sacramento tonight, Charlotte on Saturday, at Charlotte, which is weird. Home against the Lakers on Monday. You've got Toronto coming in. Uh, then you got Utah, Indiana, Minnesota, Oak City, New Orleans, Golden State, Portland, New Orleans, Houston, Memphis, Portland, Portland, Denver, Minnesota, Golden State, and Dallas. You got Portland three times. Three times. You've got New Orleans 20. twice. Yeah. So they, their destiny's in their own hands. And two with Golden State. Just one more with the Lakers? Yes. The Lakers game coming up Monday. So when you look at it, I mean, they've got some tough games coming up. they got another one against Memphis at home. Buy your tickets now March 30th to see John Morant, who's this week's MVP candidate, based on what he did to the San Antonio Spurs. No, it's still DeMar DeRozan. Well, I mean, this week, this week, John Morant worked his way into the MVP conversation. Please. You, you, you sound like that guy that hosts a halftime show. Because now all of a sudden, John Morant is better than you know Larry Bird and Kobe that. Bryant and, and all these other guys. I didn't say that. He's a great player. He is a great player. He's got player. a long way to go. Oh, he does. He's not going to be MVP. He is not. No. But this week, he's in the conversation. He's, he's player of the week then. Okay? How about that? And, and no disrespect to the San Antonio Spurs, but he did that against the San Antonio Spurs, who are not the greatest defensive juggernaut on the planet. Do you think Jakob Pertl has recovered? Probably not. How many people sent him gifts or highlights of that dunk? Oh, I'm sure. On him? I'm think, sure there's already posters made. Yeah, but, but but his friends. How many? I mean, the fact that Tim and Manu hang out with the Spurs and they're right. around a lot. I'd be willing to bet Tim Duncan checked on him. In a very sarcastic way. Maybe. Oh, I, 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 I guarantee you. But I don't know if Jakob's that kind of guy. I mean, Tim is a very funny guy and, you know, joking around and, and his whole career he would do that. But it, you, you'd have to feel Jakob out. And maybe Timmy knows already that what Jakob is like. I don't think but... Timmy gives a damn. He thought that was funny. <laughs> you doing all right, bro? <laughs> I guarantee Tim has done that. Probably. And that's, that's Tim. And Jakob would take it and probably appreciate it. Well, coming from Tim, what are you going to say? You know, you can't really be <laughs> upset. That's Tim Duncan saying that. And so, hmm. Checking on you. Yeah. You all right? <laughs> we all need to check on Jakob. Wow. Because that was vicious. It was. But John Morant was spectacular that game. But again, and I don't mean any disrespect, but this Spurs team gives up a lot of points. They do. So... Giving up 52 to John Morant, he scored all the points. Nobody else scored anything, I don't think, or much else of anything. So, I don't know. We will see. John Morant's a great player. He's got a long way to go. So, can we cool the talk that he's better than Kobe or anybody he else? The because, only person that says that is Michael Jimenez. Yeah, because it's just Let's ridic be it's ridiculous talk, honestly. Yeah, but did you hear Jimenez today? 
more ridiculousness. If you missed it <laughs> and you just want to be angry at somebody or something, just listen to Michael Jimenez. Go to sasportstar.com and hit the audio. I vault. was throwing stuff at the at the radio driving over here today. Uh, yeah. And I'll hand Pledger some credit. Pledge was holding his feet to the fire. Pledge and kicked his ass today. He did. I Okay, I was going to be nicer than that. But yeah, Pledge, it was a TKO for sure. Michael Jimenez walked out of this studio. Bloody. Looking like Mario Berrios the other <laughs> night in Las Vegas. Seriously. He tried to put up a good fight. He tried. He just got punched around left and right. He just uh, he needs to train a little more, a little harder. Maybe. I appreciate Michael, though. He, he throws out his takes, and you know then people respond. And he's, uh, he's a punching bag, that guy. Because uh, the listeners will... Uh, yeah, they light will, him up. We'll light him up, too. <laughs> So, all right, so I won't pick on him anymore. Okay, you're such a bully. John ja Morant is a great player. He's young and he's got a long way to go. Give me his resume at the end of the day, and then we'll start with the comparisons to Kobe Bryant. For goodness' sake, I think the other one was Allen Iverson. Um, yeah, yeah, it's Let, one of those. We things. we need to pump the brakes a little. We'll talk some NFL coming up. Also, we've got some tickets to give away to go see Greta Van Fleet as we continue here on the Blitz. Hey, this is Michael Jimenez. Have lunch with me on Halftime tomorrow at noon. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. He's Joe Ryanagle on Twitter, at Joe Ryanagle 210. I'm Jason Minnix on Twitter, at uh, Jason Minnix. If you got a gig, you got any kind of event coming up, in an hour from now, give or so, we're going to do... What's on Tap, brought to you by Sam's Burger Joint. So if you're playing around town, maybe you're having a big barbecue cook-off and you want to let people know about it, whatever event it might be, let us know, and we will talk about it coming up at 545. I think we've got tickets to give away today. We do have <laughs> some we? tickets to give away. Choked me up. That was so good. <laughs> you hate to give stuff away. <laughs> I don't like to give stuff away. Greta Van Fleet. You got time to plan for this one? <laughs> it's November 5th at the AT&T Center, the Dreams and Gold Tour 2022. You can buy tickets at LiveNation.com, or you can be caller number 12 right now at 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. Caller number 12 on the Kia Bossa Bacon phone lines. You're going to win tickets to go see Greta Van Fleet. Was that in honor of Roger Staubach? Sure. Maybe Tom Brady? Maybe Bruce Bowen. Maybe Bruce Bowen. Okay, it wasn't. Okay, none of those. As you were just telling me, why always nine? Well, because you're a Tony Romo fan. Yes. Yeah, I was too, it actually. Might be Mike Madonna. Mike, is he nine? <laughs> Do you know who Mike Madonna is? I've heard of him. He's a hockey player, right? Hey, very good. How about that? I mean, you're doing pretty good today. Not are you, bad. Are, huh? you feel, are you feeling okay? I feel great. Can we can we can we, can we talk about what you had to do earlier today? Oh well, yeah, we can. You know, every now and then I'll go and and get uh, get looked at by a dermatologist. Okay. And so that was today. Usually it's it's a year or so. It just you know sometimes it'll go longer than that. It just depends. But um, my beautiful wife Maggie always kind of hounds me about doctor's appointments. Now I guess she thinks I'm getting old. Well. <laughs> She's not the only one. So I go into the doctor, and it's one of those all-over checks. 
right? They, they're going to check everything on your body. So first thing you have to do is put on, take all your clothes off except for your, your drawers, and then you put on these goofy hospital shorts. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Sure. So she's checking everything, and she's going through. She sees a spot on my back she doesn't like. We're going to have to biopsy that. I said, okay. So then she's got her little magnifying glass out, and she's looking at it. And she said, well, that's an SK. That's okay. I'm not worried about it. That's an SK. I'm not worried about that. That's an SK. And I'm, I finally look at it, and I say, well, what's an SK? Yeah. So she looks at me, and she says, well, you know, an SK is something that you get from your, your parents. And it usually doesn't show up until, well, a little later. And I said, when you get old? And she goes, <laughs> she looked at me, and she mature. Mature, huh? Mature. So... What she's telling me in a nice way is that I, I guess those are age spots. Age spots? Old man spots? Something to that effect. Okay. And but, you got a lot uh, of them? I guess I had quite a few because she said SK quite a few times. <laughs> and hey, But that means it's okay. Yeah, it's they're, fine. They're just, they're just old people spots. She's, she's not worried about that at all. And then she, the worst part about the whole thing was the taking the biopsy and the spot on my back because they give you the shot of lidocaine or whatever uh -huh. yeah yeah numb it up i mean that that kind of hurts yeah yeah i mean there's a little needle in your back and then she's moving that thing all uh -huh. around and so that kind of hurt but i never felt her cut the thing okay until i'm walking out and i feel a stream of blood going down my back <laughs> and i'm like what the hell is going on so anyway they fixed that up patched me up and and here i am so uh overall for an old guy even though i got a lot of spots I'm in pretty good shape, according to the dermatologist. And we'll find out the results. Yes, I didn't. She didn't say in when. In a couple of weeks, yeah, probably like they'll that, send it I off guess. somewhere. Yeah, but just so you know, Ryan Eagle's playing hurt today. He had minor surgery earlier today, but well, it showed up at work. You know, it was just it, it hasn't bothered me until I got in the car uh -huh. to drive over here because it's right in the small of the back and uh -huh. you sit to drive. Other than that, I'm fine. So. How awkward with this lady doctor uh -huh. going over every inch of your skin with a magnifying glass. Yeah. It wasn't awkward. She was great. Okay. She was really nice. Dr. Lou, I believe is how you pronounce her name. Um, she was great and uh, was very pleasant and happy. And I'm just on a, on a day where in the sports world, hand size is a big issue. You've got a woman up close and personal needing a magnifying glass. I would assume her hands were pretty small. I mean, I, that's just my assumption. She was not a big person, so and but she handled that magnifying glass as good as NFL any NFL quarterback would have. Hand size talk as yeah. we continue here on the Blitz <laughs> on San Antonio Sports Star. Nice. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM 1250 and 1033 FM. Woo! Joe Reinager, Jason Minix, The Blitz. It is The Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM 1250, 103.3 FM. He's Joe Reinager, I'm Jason Minix. Glad to have you along here on a Thursday afternoon. Lots of NFL news on this Thursday. You want to chime in? Easy to do on the Kia Bossa Bacon phone lines, 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. On Twitter, he is at Joe Reinagle 210 You can tweet at me, at Jason Minix. I'm very excited. I don't know. Maybe I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but uh, 
We're going to have a big party a week from tomorrow. We are. Can we talk about that? Well, you know, we talked about it. It's 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 awesome to speak something into existence. Right. So, if you haven't heard, Ryan Engel retired from television. Yes. So he only has one job. He's a slacker. Slacker. And we were talking about this the other day, calling him a slacker. And he's got a gazillion ties mm -hmm. that he vows never to wear again. Now, I highly recommend you keep four or five I will. weddings, funerals, but you don't need sure. 50. No. So we're going to get rid of those ties. Now, we got to figure out a safe way to do it because our company is always very concerned about liability issues. Of course. Because what we originally going to do, or the original thought, probably isn't uh, covered by our insurance Well, policies. the original thought was to have like a bonfire, right? Yeah. Right. So, yeah, that probably won't work out. And Chief Hood would probably call us and say that's not a good idea. He had some great things to say, though. I really appreciate it. Chief him. Hood's the best. Yeah, he's Love great. Love that man. He's awesome. And then we, we thought, well, we'll just cut him off Joe's neck. But Joe realized a whole bunch of drunk people with scissors around his face probably isn't a good idea. Yeah, not not into that. Are you sure? No. So we'll figure out something to do. We're, but we're going to shred Joe's ties. Yes. And give away prizes. We get a, a not a wood shedder, but a, what is the paper? I don't know if that would do a tie or it not. Was not gonna it? Do a tie. It's not going to do a tie. That's not going to do a tie. We're not going to spend money on a quality shredder. <laughs> <laughs> that would take a tie. Well, we'll figure it out. But we're going to do something to get rid of Joe's ties. Yes. And now, give away prizes next Friday out at Slacker Sports and Arcade Bar, the medical center location. We'll be live. We'll do the show live out there from 4 to 7. And then I would assume we'll hang around and party a little bit. That's my assumption. You assume correctly, sir. Yes, of course. Uh, have you... Have we... Done an event. You, you're you've, you're full-time radio now going on month three. Yes. Have we been at a great bar and left at 7.02? No, we haven't. Even when I had to go to the other job, I stuck around for yep. a little while. Yep. So make your plans now to party with Ryan Agel. We're calling it, what, Ryan Agel's Return to Radio? Ryan Agel's Return to Radio, yes. And so it's going to be a lot of fun. It really is. And I know everybody from... Uh, Alpha Media and certainly Sports Star Rudy J and Rob will be there. Jimenez will be there. It'll be fun. It'll the, be a lot of fun. There, there might be a superstar wide receiver in the NFL there too. I'm working on that. There might be. He's coming into town. I just got to convince him to come drink with us. Well, if anybody can do that, you can. I, I saw you in action Super Bowl week, and we uh, saw I, I was this very guy impressed on Radio Row. We saw him. Yes. Oh, okay. Have I, I even told you what I'm working on? No, you haven't. This is the oh. first I'm here. You're okay. unveiling so You're breaking news right uh, well, here. But I don't want to say it yet in case because I don't have it confirmed yet. Don't I mean, he's going to be on the show. I know that. Okay. But instead of him calling in, he it, should come in. He, he's doing a camp on Saturday. So you're coming in on Friday. Come drink with us at Slackers. That'd be great. That's I mean, the idea. I was thrilled with the uh, birthday party the other day. We had Malcolm Brown. Yeah, absolutely. Love that guy by the way. Good stuff. Good, Good stuff. stuff. So make your plans now next Friday. If you've got events this weekend, uh, let us know because we'll do What's on Tap coming up at 545. You know, every year I say I can really give a damn about the combine. Right. Then every year I'm glued to the combine. There's parts of it I think are stupid.
Parts of it are entertaining, but it's fun. But but I I look at at some of what's going on with with, with the combine. To me, it's always the hand size talk, right? <laughs> because there's plenty of quarterbacks that don't have the largest hands in the world that do well. Well, today the picket kid apparently has the smallest hands in the history of hand size. And literally, I might have heard on this radio station from Michael Jimenez that that's going to be an issue in cold weather. The guy played at the University of Pittsburgh. Yes, he did. Last I checked, that's cold weather city. It is. And it didn't seem to affect him. He was pretty good, actually. And he also wears a glove. Yeah. which, Which also helps. I understand the idea behind the whole hand size thing, but I think we make too big of a deal about the hand size thing. Well, Tom Brady didn't have the biggest hands either, and that's why he was all with the deflate gate thing. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll be honest with you. I mean, you've picked up an NFL football. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, to get your hand around it, to throw a pass, you've got to have decent-sized hands or a pretty good technique, which I'm assuming some of these guys that don't have the largest hands have and have worked on. But they're they're big. I mean, they really are big, and they're, and they're hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That we're won't be a promo football. at all. That yeah. won't be a promo at all. We're, we're football. We're footballs. We're yeah. talking about NFL see, see, this size. James Pledger somewhere is laughing. I know he is. He, he just had a spit take. Yeah, he did. Yes. But, but I mean, you look at it, It's that, that's what it is. We're going to get a lot of talk about 40 times coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kid from UTSA, Wooten, might break the record. Yeah. Okay. But no pads. I Like, like I want to see the combine. What are these guys doing in football gear? Yeah, show me football speed, not 40-yard dash speed. You know, I don't know, Jason, because the way the NFL is now, there's very little football, especially in training camp. I mean, with pads on, full but, speed but you, and all but, that but, stuff. But when you get into a game, you know, when, when was the last time you had to have an offensive lineman run 40 yards, right? I mean, it's a but, good point. But I would rather see what these guys can do weighted down with shoulder pads and a helmet than wearing their, you know, the term underwear Olympics because they're not wearing much. No. I mean, if it was cold outside, they could have same similar issues as the uh, Finnish cross-country skier from the Olympics, <laughs> especially if they're doing that in Indianapolis and decide they want to run outside. Yeah. I mean, they're not, they're not wearing much. No, they're not, and it's understandable because that's how they're graded. Sure. You know, and that's what guys are looking at. But I think this is, is really, this obviously has turned into more for guys that are going to be drafted in later rounds. And so, you know, I, I'm not sure how much it means. And a lot of these guys will have their pro days, and, and that's where they, they want to show off. And if you're a star player, if you're a first-round pick or even a second-round pick in a lot of occasions, I mean, they're going to have enough game film on you, and maybe that's the determination. Well, and I look at, at, at the combine, what I appreciate more than anything is every coach has to talk. And, That's what I love about it. And, and so you, you, you learn information. Like Lovey Smith. The longer Lovey Smith is the head coach of the Houston Texans. Like every time I hear something from Lovey Smith since he got the job, I like the hire. And I said it when they hired mm-hmm. him. They got the right guy. They just took a weird route to get no, they to the right guy. Into the right guy. They did. But Lovey Smith, you could tell, is taking over this football team. Yep. He was asked, because Nick Casario, the general manager, would be on the headsets 
with David Coley yep. during games, <laughs> telling him what to do. Lovey Smith was asked, is Nick Casario going to be on the headsets now that you're head coach? Nick did what he thought was required uh, or that they had agreed upon, his role. Got it. He had been a part of kind of the coaching staff uh, at other places he's been. But, uh, you, know, it's a di- you know, it's a different year. Uh, I've never had to GM involved like that on game day. Don't plan on doing that part. Okay. We'll all have roles. And uh, we have a coaching staff. I feel I can handle all of those situations on game day. And, of course, Nick is okay with that. Yeah, uh, Nick, you're not allowed on the headsets. You're nowhere uh, near any headsets. That was a very nice way of him saying, hell no, are you nuts? Well, and that's what's uh, that's what makes things so sad with David Culley, uh, the, the way he was treated and the way things happened there in Houston. But, yeah, you're right. Lovey Smith's going to say, look, dude, you, you're on the headsets, then you better come down here and coach because I'm out. That's it. Lovey Smith is not going to put up with that kind of stuff, nor should he. Uh, and, and, again, if, if Nick Casario can't see how they lucked out because – they would have McCown as mm-hmm. their head coach had things not worked out the way they did. They got the best hire they could have possibly gotten, and he was in their building all along. And and then the timeline of Deshaun Watson, because lots of quarterback conversation uh, over the last 24 hours mm-hmm. there at the Combine in Indianapolis. Lovey Smith just wants the Deshaun situation to get over with already. I have no idea. And the good part about it is time kind of takes care of everything, you know. Um uh, I, I just know if I know Deshaun is an excellent football player. Excellent football players need to be playing somewhere, you know, in the NFL. And I'm, you know, hopefully that'll happen. And if it's not with us, somewhere else. And and I'm sure, as I see in this situation, both of us eventually are going to benefit from the situation. And I just can't wait for that to, you know, speed up a little bit. I can't wait till I don't have to answer Deshaun Watson questions. Is what he just said. Well, that's exactly right because it's been a distraction for that football team for over a year now, uh, if not longer. And you you want to get stuff like that over with. You want to start concentrating on football, and that's why you know you you can go back to some of the players that were controversial and why they didn't get opportunities in the NFL because nobody wanted that circus. In the locker room. Now with guys, reporters going to be able to go back into the locker room and, and obviously talk with Lovey Smith uh, pretty much on a daily basis once they get into OTAs and, of course, training camp. You, know, you don't want every question to start out about, well, what's going on with Deshaun Watson? They they want to get it done, and it's interesting. There's a timeline, and I liked how Lovey Smith said that. You know, time will take care of itself. It, yeah. it, it will happen. It will happen sooner rather than later. While... In some ways, Deshaun Watson is holding up the Houston Texans. They know how that story is going to end. They just don't have it written yet. He's not going to be there. For the Green Bay Packers, they don't know what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. He's holding that organization by the nuts right now. And you know, Matt LaFleur was asked about it. And I, I thought it was interesting the way LaFleur answered about his star quarterback. Yeah, you, you always want to be respectful because I'm, I know it's a lot to take on. He's got a lot to think about. And um, certainly I, I'm making sure that I consistently uh, communicate with him. But um, also want to be respectful of, of his time and, and the process that he has to go through. So I want to annoy him daily with text messages but i don't but you're the head coach you should you made a decision yet yeah daily i would 
What are you going to do if you're Aaron Rodgers? You you basically have two choices in this matter. You either negotiate a trade if that's what you want with Green Bay, or you retire. Those are his only options. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know what where he's is that how he's holding it over their head. Well, I I might retire if you don't treat me nice. I'm out. Well, the the thing is though, you know, like last year he had the the, the whole situation in the off season. The Green Bay Packers redid his deal. Yep, and and basically gave him the freedom to do this this year. And Aaron Rodgers says he's going to make a decision quickly. Well, <laughs> too late. Start a free agency is what March seventeenth. I believe you're right. So yes. is he going to let everybody know on the sixteenth? Well, he needs to because of Devonte Adams. Well, and that's not the only one, really. I mean, Mike Tannenbaum, who on Get Up, you know, former GM with the Jets and the Dolphins and all that kind of stuff. He said that Aaron Rodgers on GetUp is just being flat-out selfish. Yeah, Kevin Swagoo nailed it. Aaron Rodgers is being selfish. Let's make no mistake about it. He is being very selfish because he's known for a while what he's going to do. And specifically, if you talk about being a great teammate, let's look at this graphic. When we talk about guys like Preston Smith, Billy Turner, Randall Cobb, these guys all have non-guaranteed money, Kevin. If they are going to be released... They much better, much rather be released on March second than on March seventeenth, March eighteenth, because right now there is more money available as teams head into free agency than there would be a week or two into free agency. You know, and I hadn't really thought about it in, in that regard. I think about Devonte Adams because Adams is going to make a decision based on what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. But all those other guys, everybody's in Indianapolis right now. They're going to dinner over at St. Elmo's getting steak, getting that shrimp cocktail. And if you're an agent and say you're Randall Cobb's agent and you know he's gone because Aaron Rodgers is gone, you're working your new deal right now. Even though it can't get signed for a couple of weeks, you're working that deal now. And right now the banks are open. Nobody's committed any money yet. But because you're kind of tied to Aaron Rodgers, you can't make that decision. You can't make that move. Why? Why can't you? You're tied to Aaron Rodgers. They drafted Jordan Love, didn't they? Thinking he was the next thing. So uh-huh. if if everybody thinks that, then you're in Green Bay either way, if that's what you want to do. I mean, I don't understand. See, when, when I hear that guy talk about Aaron Rodgers being selfish, and I'm not a huge Aaron Rodgers fan, trust me. But when I hear, then you better be saying that about every other NFL player that holds his team hostage. Zeke Elliott did the same thing. Were we talking about him being selfish? No. What we were talking about then was, well, Zeke's got to get his money, and he's just doing what he thinks is right for him and his family. Well, maybe Aaron Rodgers is doing the same thing. So why is Aaron Rodgers selfish and everybody else in the NFL that does the same thing is not? When you're holding out trying to get more money, that's one thing. He's deciding if he's going to stay or go. That's his decision, and it affects him and his family. Same thing. But the selfish part, it affects a whole bunch of people, and you got to believe that Aaron Rodgers knows what he wants to do. Do you, do, you, do you really think that Aaron Rodgers, on the third day of March at 5.17 in the afternoon, doesn't already know? I don't know what Aaron Rodgers knows or doesn't know. Do you really think that he hasn't made a decision yet? Even if he has... So what? Devontae Adams is going to be pe- playing somewhere and making a lot of money, regardless. Oh, oh, yeah. Randall Cobb, maybe he shouldn't be playing anymore. 
Okay, <laughs> he's he's not going to be making any money anywhere. So his future, he's already made his money. So I'm not too concerned about a guy like Randall Cobb, to be honest with you. So all I'm saying is, is that football players do this all the time. So why is everybody now? It's Aaron Rodgers is selfish. When nobody else calls anybody else that does the same thing selfish. I think they do. I, 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 I think they do. There's a time when you're holding out for a new contract. There are times that you are selfish. In this case, he's got a contract. He just doesn't know if he wants to stay there. Is he going to stay there or is he going to leave? And he's going to make a decision, and he said quickly. Now, his definition of quickly, apparently different than my definition of quickly, certainly sounds like it's very different of Mike Tannenbaum's definition of quickly. And the head coach is texting me every day. What are you thinking? What, what, you know, the, the, the groveling, the whatever it might be that he's making and forcing the Packers to do. And maybe because it is the personality of Aaron Rodgers where you feel like he is just doing that to be a jerk. And he may be, and, and he is a jerk. So it doesn't matter. It makes no difference. Aaron Rodgers has been an MVP. He's won a Super Bowl. Uh-huh. Doesn't Aaron Rodgers have the right to take his time to make a decision on whether he wants to retire or not? But he's not going to retire. And we all know he's okay. not going to retire. So, Did you see the way he played this year? The guy's got five, six, eight good years left in him based off what we've seen the last couple. I don't know. He it's didn't look too he, good against San Francisco. Because he wanted to. And he didn't, he didn't look good the first game of the last game. <laughs> the, all the games in between got him another, his fourth MVP award. Steve Sosa on Facebook Live says, likability determines whether you're selfish or not. And you know what? There's ah. probably a lot of truth to that. Well, Steve is a likable guy, so I'll, have you uh, met him? I yeah, I've met. Yes, I know Steve. Yeah, so he's a likable. <laughs> it's debatable. Look, Aaron, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is a jerk. He is okay, but he's a talented quarterback who still has some some years left. So you know what? If he wants to play this thing out, so what? And if you're these other guys, you've got agents. Have them start talking to people. And what are you just sitting at home playing dominoes and, and drinking iced tea? Not, of course they're not. They're thinking about their future right now. And you know, the Packers, the Packers drafted Jordan Love. It irritated Aaron Rodgers. It, did. it told Aaron Rodgers that they were ready to move on and find their future quarterback. That's what it said to him. So if Aaron Rodgers wants to make the Packers squirm a little bit, you know what? I'm all for it. I think he's doing the right thing. Take your time, Aaron, and you make that decision when you're ready to make it. Drop the mic. Bam. <laughs> you and Michael Jimenez should do a show. Michael Jimenez. I mean. <laughs> I'm living in the real world here. I, dude, I, I just, you know, uh, sure. I, I Make a decision already. Ma- make a decision. You know what your decision is. At the very least, if you can do it and keep it quiet, let the people that know, that need to know, know. Devontae Adams knows. I guarantee you Devontae Adams already knows. Because those guys, they're buds, okay? They they are. So he he knows already. And again, it's, it's what you say to the media and what you say to your friends or... You know, to the other 
executives at dinner over at St. Elmo's. Literally everybody's at St. Elmo's, right? You can't I'm get sure a table, they are. right? I right. mean, it, it's it's one of those things. But like all the Russell Wilson talk, right? Did you hear Pete Carroll and what he had to say about Russell Wilson? I did. How do you lie to people's face like this? There's conversations about everybody. We talk about everybody. And that's commonplace for us to have conversations with teams about all of the players, particularly marquee players. So marquee players. Pete Russell Carroll. Wilson. You, you want me to believe that Jerry is entertaining trade talks with Dak Prescott. And it happens all the time with marquee players. That <laughs> that Kansas City is having trade talks about Patrick Mahomes. Washington called and they laughed at him. Yeah. I credit Washington calling him. But to tell me that it's commonplace for every every organization to have a conversation about every player, that's BS, Pete Carroll. And you're right about that. So obviously they're they're fielding calls for Russell Wilson. Is what that tells me. Yes. They are fielding calls, and they're going to see if anything there interests them moving forward for Russell Wilson to move on. And Russell Wilson has got to be looking at this because, you know, what is Seattle bringing back? You know, they they really don't have a lot. They've got a couple of good wide receivers, but their running game has been awful. Horrible. So what, what do they have coming back? Russell Wilson may want to be getting out of there. And so, uh, you know... That's what they're saying. They're 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 fielding offers right there. I just want to say I'm I'm getting hammered over here on this Facebook Live for this Aaron Rodgers. Are you kidding? This says Joe is one hundred percent right. Well, that's Pledger, and he loves me, so he's going to say that anyway. True. But look, I, I if you want the rules to be different, make them different. There was one I think Renee sent out. It should be made before the combines. Well, then they need to negotiate that. The NFL, that's the, part of the, the CBA. It, it that, needs to be put in there. The reality is, and I think what Pledge is trying to say is, there's no loyalty from teams to players when it's they get older. That's exactly right. And so Aaron Rodgers has every right to do what he's doing right now. But once you've made your decision, you're holding up all these other players. And I think that's where Tannenbaum is going. I don't think Mike Tannenbaum has an issue that Aaron Rodgers is in a position to make this decision that the Packers basically granted him last year to get him to come to work. We'll redo your deal, and this year we'll be able to figure it out. But it affects so many other people. And if you tell me... But it happens if, all the time. It does. But if you tell me, in this year he becomes the whipping boy, next year it's going to be somebody else who is doing this. And every year there's going to be that one player that's in this situation that everybody gets mad at because he that's the main domino. Once that one falls... We're going to start seeing all the other movement, and I'm, I'm. It's, it's like you're, you're at the race. You know, you go out to Ratama, and the horses get in there, and then they got to bring them back out because the horse wasn't ready. And then they reload the starting gate, and there's another issue, and then they bring them back out, and then they re just start the race already. Devonte Adams knows exactly what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. That he's been told. So he's working on whatever deal he needs to be working on. His agent's taking care of that. And you, I mean, you don't see Devontae Adams out there complaining about it, do you? Have you heard him publicly? I haven't heard Randall Cobb say a word either. So if it bothers them so much, how come they're not out in the media saying, well, Aaron Rodgers is screwing me because he's not making a decision? They haven't said a word. Players do this because at the end of the day, Jason, and I hate that phrase, by the way, so if I say it again, throw something at me. Hang on. After it's all said and done, <laughs> it is a business. It is. Aaron Rodgers is a business. Yep. 
So he can do what he wants. He's earned that right, and if he wants to take his time and make the Packers squirm, I'm all for it. Rudolph Renee, sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we're friends, Renee. <laughs> so to explain what that means is yes, apparently sorry. only his friends call him Renee. Right. You're not allowed. Well, I just did. We're friends. No. Well, yeah, they, we mean, are. He apparently. wants you to stop that. No, he doesn't. He yes. said thank you. Yeah. Very He's just much. a polite guy. I think it was thank you, Joe, and we're buddies, and I'm going to buy you a beer. I think that's what he said. Yeah, next Friday <laughs> next he'll Friday. show up and buy you a beer at Slackers <laughs> on Fredericksburg Road, the medical center location. Joe Reinagle, Jason Minix, The Blitz on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250, 103.3 FM. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. He is Joe Ryanagle. I am Jason Minix. 5.30 on a Thursday, time to talk to the general. John McLean of the Houston Chronicle joining us now as he does every week. Get the latest on the combine, everything happening up in Indianapolis. John, how's your Thursday? Jason and Joe, my day is going great. I hope yours is too. This is the First combine I've not attended since it went moved to India in 1987, other than last year when the pandemic caused it to be canceled. But I'm writing stories every day. I'm watching it on television. And our beat writer, Brooks Cabina from the Chronicle, he's there for the first time doing a great job. So, Outstanding. So yeah. he, he gets to go eat at St. Elmo's in your place? If I never go to St. Elmo's, I think it's the most overrated steak place in the country. And uh, But if I want one of their red-hot uh, boiled shrimps that they're famous for, you get four shrimp for like eighteen ninety-five. And the reason it's set apart is because they put so much horseradish in their sauce. And if you want that, you don't need to go to Elmo's. Right down the streets, Harry and Izzy's with the exact same menu. Nice. Okay. Well, the next time I'm in Pro Indianapolis, tip. yeah, that's a that's a vet move right there, John. I got to tell you, you know, we we heard from Lovey Smith today, and the more I hear from that guy, the more I am convinced that the Houston Texans won the lottery. Well, they sure hope you're right, Joe. Because <laughs> it took him a while to figure it out when he was right there under his nose, and I can't. Remember if I told you guys this week, I've compared it to like, you see these romantic comedies where a guy's got a best friend, a woman, and she's inviting him on all his dates, and it never works out. And then he realizes she's been right there under his nose the whole time. He comes to his senses. They fall in love and live happily ever after. Now, Lovey Smith is going to get fired at some point because all coaches do. But uh, he has come in and and where they had so much turmoil with the coaching search, and they looked so bad when they were about to name Josh McCown as the head coach with no experience. And then all of a sudden, after the Brian Flores lawsuit, caused him to take a step back, reevaluate, and there's Lovey. And so Lovey had been working on the search because he's an associate head coach with so many connections that they used him to check out can potential candidates. So they interviewed him and officially interviewed him the next day, announced him that afternoon. And people, he's been very smart. You know, he's been in Chicago nine years, Tampa two years. 
if you look at what he did the last eight years with with uh, the Bears, he was 24 games over 500. Coach of the year, Super Bowl, he lost. Then with the Bucks, he played a rookie quarterback, uh, Jameis Winston. They improved by four wins, and he got fired because they wanted their offense coordinator, Dirk Cutter, to be the head coach with Jameis Winston. So then he went to the University of Illinois, and I contend Joe and Jason, had he come back and just been a defensive coordinator, he would have had that third chance before now. But the Texans have been really pleased at this point. He's going to run the defense. Pat Hamilton will run the offense. They got the coaches they wanted, and so they know who the quarterback is. They do have a lot of pieces in place, but they still have a whole lot of needs, starting with the running game and the pass rush. Well, and one of the things that we heard from Lovey Smith on the podium that that I appreciated the most outside of the, the player issues that they're obviously going to be doing work on there in Indianapolis is, hell no, Nick Casario is not going to be on the headsets <laughs> with me during the game. Well, he did it with Bill Belichick for years because Belichick asked him to. He was on the headset with uh, Belichick and offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels because he'd been a coach two different times, and they appreciated his opinion. So he did that here last year with David Cully, continuing what he did. And Cully, you know, wasn't going to tell him no, but I think it's interesting that that Lovey has said that. Obviously, they had it worked out because that's one of the first things he was asked at his news conference about uh, Casario being on the headset. And another thing Casario does, and he did in New England, he goes to practice, he puts on his practice clothes, and he throws passes to the receivers as like he's one of the quarterbacks, and he runs around during practice like he's still a coach. He doesn't interfere, and it's all very subtle. But we, we got a kick out of watching him last year in training camp, and I don't know if he'll st- still do that. But uh, he's the general manager, and he's the boss. He can do anything he wants. And uh, if Lovey doesn't want him doing that, he's smart not to do it. I just like the direction that Lovey has brought to this thing, and it, and it seems like a discipline that the Texans haven't had in, in, in some time. Obviously, John, they've got to rebuild. They've got to get this team back on track. And, and I know we talk about this every week, but the I guess the best way they're going to be able to do that, or certainly one of the ways, is to trade Deshaun Watson. I know there's rumors out there all over the place, and I know you guys there in Houston, and you know this better than anybody, are just kind of in a holding pattern. But have you heard anything else, is it, or, or is it just that? We're just in a holding pattern until he gets this thing worked out. Absolutely not. You're not hearing anything. If you do, it's people making it up. Um, uh, they're waiting to see how it plays out. Nobody's going to make a trade for him with 20, 22 civil suits accusing him of sexual assault and sexual misconduct. And uh, uh, one other thing, I can't remember what what it was, but uh, they're hoping to eventually get it worked out. You know, Lovey has said when he's asked, he'd like to get it done, but he's patient because they don't have any other choice but to be patient. They have nine draft choices right now. They have first, second, and third round, uh, two picks in the third round. So they're in good shape for the first time since they drafted Titus Howard, number one in 2019, because Bill O'Brien's trades cost them the last two number ones and number two last year. Then next year, they already have 10 draft choices. So you don't want too many rookies. Like any trade for Watson is going to be spread out. They're not going to say, okay, we want if you got two ones, two ones, and you're two. Because I always tell people too many rookies is like a salad 
with too much green. It's just not as good. So I think any trade would include players over the next couple of years. Problem is they they here's where they're in a predicament. Uh, of the teams that were interested last year, teams like the Jets and the 49ers and the Bears in New England, they all drafted quarterbacks in the first round. So they're out of the market. And so now, even though there's no great quarterback prospect, if you are a team like, say, Carolina is sixth and Denver's ninth, they were two of the most interested teams along with Philadelphia and Miami all the way up to the trade deadline, even though Watson said he would only go to Miami. Now Miami's out of the picture, and he can still turn teams down because they had no trade clause. But I'm guessing he's going to end up in Carolina or Denver. Well, what if uh, one of them takes Kenny Pickett and the other one takes Malik Willis or Matt Corral? They're not going to trade for Watson, even though he's much better than they are and a proven product. If they use a first-round pick on a quarterback, they're going to give that quarterback time. So then there are even fewer options, and so it's out of both of their hands. Watson has no control, and the Texans don't either. John McClain of the Houston Chronicle joining us here on the Blitz as he does every Thursday. And, you know, Watson is is one of many quarterbacks that are well, maybe going to be on a different team next year. You know, Russell Wilson in Seattle, where will he end up? Aaron Rodgers still has to make a decision. When you look at some of the marquee big-name quarterbacks that could be on the move, which one, John, do you think most likely is to end up on a different team? Well, I've said for two years, Jason, it won't be Wilson. He'll be there, and it won't be Aaron Rodgers. He'll be in Green Bay because Rodgers is all about money. He won't say that, of course, but when he went, when his agent went to Green Bay after the 2020 season, shortly, and came back without a contract extension, that's when it was leaked to Adam Schefter. He thought about retiring, and it's been a constant source of controversy ever since. But the Packers have done everything he could possibly want, instead of including dusting off quarterback coach Tom Clements to come back. So I fully expect him to be there with an extension. Russell Wilson has told everybody who listens he's going to be back. But a lot of people in the media generate hits, try to create controversy by acting like there's still a chance. And I don't know what else Russell Wilson or Pete Carroll can say to make people understand he's not going anywhere. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be traded, but he's got to have surgery on his throwing shoulder. So how attractive does that make him? Now, last time we saw a starting quarterback have the problem where you knew they were going to trade him was Drew Brees. And I always tell people, look how different sports, college football and NFL would have changed if Nick Saban, the head coach at Miami, had gotten the quarterback he wanted, Drew Brees, instead of being stuck with Dante Culpepper coming off knee surgery by his general manager. He may never have left Miami, and all those teams lost to Alabama in a championship game might have won championships, including the Longhorns. And so uh, it's it's amazing how that worked out. But Garoppolo is no breeze, of course, and he might not bring more than a fourth or fifth-round pick. But when you have a guy who has a shoulder surgery, it's going to have to be a conditional pick based on how much he's able to contribute. And he had issues even before the surgery so they're certainly not going to get much for him they just want to get his 25 million off the cap and the payroll john i would imagine that uh i well i I won't imagine i'll ask you 
I'm happy that the COVID rules are gone in the NFL. Are you with me or or no? No, they they one of the reasons they relaxed them in the playoffs is they didn't want players testing positive and missing playoff games like they did in regular season, and they were able to have some of the most exciting playoffs in history. And so I think that's what motivated them to get rid of it. They'll still have a smaller testing facility rather than the big trailer that everybody got tested. We we in the media got tested once a week for the last two years and going through the big trailer didn't take any time. But if a player has symptoms and he wants to be tested, they don't want him to have to go stand in line somewhere. So they'll still have an on-site facility, just not manned with as many people so they can get an immediate test. John McLean of the Houston Chronicle. Follow him on Twitter at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. John, always appreciate the insight. We'll visit next week. Joe and Jason, thank you guys very much. Always appreciate you having me on, and have a great rest of the week. Thanks, Thanks John. Will. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, guys, it's Rudy J. Your home for sports talk is right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. He's Joe Ryan I'm Jason Minix. You know what time it is, don't you? The Blitz wants you to know what's on tap. Brought to you by Sam's Burger Joint. It is time for What's on Tap, brought to you by Sam's Burger Joint. If you've got any event happening this weekend, you want to tell people about it. These are a lot of times end up being concerts, but it doesn't have to be. You got something going on? Tell us on Twitter, at Joe Ryan Eagle 210. Tweet at me, at Jason Menix. Sam's Burger Joint tomorrow night. Max Stalling is going to be playing out there. He is fantastic. On Saturday night, Monkeys on a String which is apparently a tribute to Dave Matthews and Tim Reynolds. Well, Dave Matthews, that's good. Next Wednesday, Seth Walker. Nice. Full lineup, full menu, samsburgerjoint.com. Can't wait to get back in there, honestly. Hey, tonight, Majestic Theater, Tootsie. One of my favorite <laughs> movies of all time, Dustin Hoffman with Tootsie. What a, that's a fantastic performance. Of course, the Spurs taking on the Kings at the AT&T Center tonight. If you want to go out to Green Hall, you can do that and see Ben Balmer. Brontex Theater has ABBA revisited. That'd be pretty good. Hey, and the UIL Girls Basketball Tournament, the state championship, is beginning tonight. So the ladies will be playing if you want to do that. By the way, you're about to read this. The Clark Cougars, Friday night. They're going to win it all, Jason. So I don't have to say anything, although they're playing like the defending state champs. Doesn't matter. Clark, go Cougs. Friday night. Delay is at the LOL Comedy Club through Sunday. Lowe's Tex Maniacs are playing out at Green Hall. William Beckman is at Flores Country Store. And the Carver Community Culture Center has Corey Cook and The Whale. Wow. A lot of things going on Saturday night out of Green Hall. You got John Wolf playing, the Thirsty Horse Saloon, Marcy Grace Band with Ken Foe. I think I'm going to go see Marcy Grace on uh, Saturday night hey, out at you, Thirsty Horse. You were talking about it. I haven't been to the Thirsty Horse in a while. That'd be fun. It's always a fun time. Floors Country Store has shiny ribs. Then, of course, the uh, Girls' State Championship game where the Clark Cougars will be playing Saturday night for the state championship. Tobin Center, Ballet San Antonio, Fitzgerald's Bar, Dressed to Kill. 
a tribute to Kiss. That'd probably be a lot of fun. They better be dressed to kill for that. <laughs> All the makeup and everything. And also, uh, tweeting in, Rudy Boy Gonzalez on Twitter at Texas Pro Wrestling tweets in at Jason Minix at Joe Reinagle 210. Pro Wrestling, Texas Wrestling Entertainment, Saturday, March 5th, Limitless Sports Academy at 7.30. There, we're going to have some wrestling. I love pro wrestling. Love it. So you're going to go out there on Saturday Great night? Great entertainment. Take them over? Well, yeah, I might. You know, Maggie's got a wine club Saturday night, so I'll need something to do. <laughs> <laughs> Marcy Grace Band at a Thirsty Horse. She's local from uh, Smithson Valley. She's oh, fantastic. Is that right? Absolutely. Well, that's good. Remember the uh, Commanders? The San Antonio Commanders, the real Commanders. I remember that team, Begley. The yes. real Commanders. I remember them, Begley. And that song that that was written for the Commanders, that they would. Oh yeah, that was Marcy Grace. Is that right? Absolutely, outstanding. Sunday, Michael Hearn is playing out at Green Hall. Apparently, that's the only thing going on on Sunday. <laughs> Nothing else happening. Right? Nothing according to pledge. Here's what I like, and I, I'm, I'm I mean this in all sincerity, is. I'm going to read Monday night, and I can actually go do some of this stuff. Okay. Green Hall, Slim Bob, and Brett Graham. Now, that's going to be good. It is going to be good, but I'm not sure what happened to Slim Bob, because he normally plays with something called the Stump Grinders. Really? Yeah. So maybe it's just Slim and Brett Graham. And Brett Graham is fantastic. Yeah, he is. That's, yeah. yeah I, I'm sorry, Slim. I don't, I'm not familiar with you, but Brett, yes. Very good. Aztec Theater, seven dust. There you go. And the Spurs take on the hated Los Angeles Lakers on Monday night. Green Hall, two-ton Tuesdays are back with two tons of steel. And the AT&T Center has the Austin Spurs playing in San Antonio on Tuesday night. Well, that's kind of cool. That is very, very cool. Two tons of steel. Spurs back on uh, Wednesday night against the Raptors. But the Lakers in town... And I know it's not this weekend, but it is coming up on June 11th in the AT&T Center. It's the Reboot Tour. Brooks and Dunn. They're playing out there. They are. June 11th. With our very good friend, Kix Brooks. That's right. And Ryan Eagle told Kix in Los Angeles That's when right. he was on Radio Row. Got to come to San Antonio. You don't have San Antonio on the list. It wasn't on the, on the, on the list of cities. You said you got to change that. He did. He did. Got his manager on the phone, booked a show in San Antonio. And as we sit today, the only Texas show they are going to be at. You're welcome, San Antonio. You can get your tickets at LiveNation.com or just keep listening to San Antonio Sports Star for your chance to win. Sam Menace is giving them away, making people really earn them. Are you not going to do that? Well, he stole my bit of making people sing for their tickets. And then he, and then he wanted Brooks and Dunn stories. And I heard like four or five people call in today. And not that the people that he picked as winners didn't have good stories, but I thought the best story was some guy that said one of his favorite songs reminded him of his grandma on the, the red dirt road that she lived on. And he learned how to drive on that. And the lyrics to that song fit perfectly. Went right over Jimenez's head. Well, if that guy's listening... I say call in. If he calls in, he gets tickets. Nah, we're not that cheap. You're not going to do that? No. I want to hear that. You want to hear that story? I'm a country music guy. Do you want to hear people sing? Sure. All right. If you want to hear bad music, 
Keep it locked right here on San Antonio Sports Star. Because if you want to win Brooks and Dunn tickets, you've got to sing lyrics to your favorite song, and Ryan Eagle's going to judge you. I will be judging. And decide if you're worthy enough for a pair of tickets to the show that Ryan Eagle's responsible for bringing to San Antonio. Dial up those Kia Bossa Bacon <laughs> phone lines, 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. Be ready to sing a Brooks and Dunn song. They have a lot more songs than you realize. Yes, they do. But if you're a fan, it's not going to be hard for you to break out a little Boot Scootin' Boobie, uh, Boogie or, or Neon Moon or what's the other three songs they have? I, I don't know. <laughs> Neon Moon's a classic. Can you sing it? Classic. We will do that coming up. Okay. Get on the phone lines now. Look, at they're all lighting up. 656-ESPN, 656-3776. We'll give away those Brooks and Dunn tickets coming up here. KZDC, San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Joe Reinager, Jason Minix, The Blitz. It is The Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM 1250, 103.3 FM. I'm Jason Minix. He is Joe Reinagel. Dude, you ready for a little uh, boot scooting boogie? Against my better judgment. Well, I think it's going to be fun. Finally, we're going to class this show up with a little country music. All right, so <laughs> here, here, here's the thing. Because I've done this throughout my career, dating back to the 90s, giving stuff away. Right. And you, and you try to do this in the later hours of a show. Because... Well, it certainly helps if they've had a couple of beers already. Right. And essentially, somebody's going to make some dogs howl. Right. There's no question about that. Because we grade on, quite frankly, suckage. Sure. How, How much do you make us laugh? How bad is it? Yeah. So, in other words, if you're good, that's not good. Well, no. I mean, if it's good, I mean, we're gonna look, we're gonna we're gonna hear and judge. We got a couple people okay. online. Edwin, what's going on with line three? You can't hang up up that 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 line is 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 jacked or something. I can't hang up for whatever reason. So, so somebody has hijacked one of our lines. <laughs> I guess so. I've never seen that before. Me neither. Well, now it is. All right. So our, we we've got some computer issues in. In here, right? Because you can't, my call screen is dead, dead. Because you can't type anything up. So you're going to have to help us out here. Uh, he's having <laughs> headphone issues. Edwin is having headphone issues. Um, Who, who do we... we have Ron on the line first. All right, Ron, because the set, caller two on, I look at caller ID, just says wireless. Then a Anna and then a Hal, right? So, uh, uh, Ron, you're on the Blitz, my friend. <laughs> Ron, that is uh, you're off to a great, great start. All right, so what song are you gonna sing? Neon Moon. All let's, right, let's hear. I met me and my wife too. You ready? Yeah. Okay, here we go. When the goes down on my side of town, that lonesome feeling comes to my door, and the whole world turns. And your wife is still with you, Ron? 
Um, your wife is still with you after that? <laughs> She's not in my car, but my son is like, WTF, what are you doing? <laughs> this certainly ain't American Idol. I can promise you that. All right, Ron. Edwin, uh, put. <laughs> All right, but but Ron, you know what? The best part about being first, right now, you're on top of the metal stand. That's exactly right. So, uh, so hang on the line. Put 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 Ron on hold. Um, who's on line two? Christian. Christian. All right. And if you want to jump on a line, 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776, because one hung up. Uh, Christian, you're on the Blitz. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Man, we are just uh, ready to be entertained, Christian, so let it roll, baby. What you going to sing? It's a little surprise. I I got a little something here. All All right. right. You know, the best part about this is if I know this song, you've done a good job, because I have no clue. All right, go ahead, Christian. (laughs) Okay, you ready? Her daddy gave her her first pony and told her to ride. She climbed high in that saddle. Well, I don't know how many times he taught her a lesson that she learned. Maybe a little too well, cowgirls don't cry. Beautiful. No telling how many tears I sat here and cried. How many lies. All right, I've heard enough. Well, he's got a compilation there because he went from one song to the next. All right, because I had no idea that was Brooks and Dunn until they got the cowboy, uh, Cowgirls Don't Cry, yeah. which is a girl, Dad. You go, all right. I knew that yeah, one. You, know, you knew that one? I knew that one. You recognize that one from start to finish. Absolutely. Now, we have an uh, 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 unofficial judge in Rudy J from R&R in the Morning who's watching on Facebook Live who... Said eject. Eject. <laughs> eject. Well, it went from one song. I, I see what you were doing there, Christian. You went right. from one song to the next. I get that. I, I'll give that's That's yeah, all right. impressive. Ron is still on top of the metal stand. Christian, I go with Rudy J here. You can go ahead and hang up on Christian. He's got no chance of winning this thing. <laughs> um, uh, let, let's let's keep moving on. To, hey, wait gotta, a minute. Hold, hold on now. Hey, hang up on Christian so that we can free up the line to see if somebody else can jump in here at 210-656-ESPN. Six five six three seven seven six. We got Danny next. Got Danny is next. Oh, Danny. He just, he just hung up. Danny yeah. hung up. Danny got stage fright. Wow. Shrinkage, my friend. Let's go to Hal. Yeah. Hal, you are on the Blitz. Jason and Joe, good to good to talk to you. First time, long time. <laughs> First time, long time. <laughs> All right, Hal, you're gonna sing some Brooks and Dunn. I'm going to sing Neon Moon. All right, let's hear it. When the sun goes down on my side of town, that lonesome feeling comes to my door, and the whole world turns blue. Oh, sweet. <laughs> now, that's There's a, a good touch. Across the railroad track, I got a table for two. Way in the back where I sit alone. I understand why. Think of losing you. Yeah, there, there's no doubt. There are dogs all over barking right now. now right, put, put Hal on yeah, hold. Yeah, put him on hold because it, the touch with the blue, that that was a good touch. You, you like that one? That was a good touch. All right, put, put Hal on hold, Edwin. You, did you put Hal on hold? All right. 
We have Wayne next. Wayne. All right. Wayne? Yeah. You've heard a couple. What are you singing, man? How about a little Lost and Found? Okay. Is that a Brooks and Dunn It song? is. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea. It is. <laughs> I'm loving this. Kind of like a lost and found in a border town. Asking about a diamond ring. They just look at you like you lost your mind. Say they haven't seen a thing. But I know she's been here lately. I can still smell her perfume. She gets crazy. On a full moon. Nice. You haven't heard that song in a long time. I think Brooks and Dunn. I don't know that I've ever heard that song. Well, you know, Brooks and Dunn sing it a lot better, but that that wasn't too bad, Wayne. (laughs) Well, I would. I would. Kick sing instead of Ronnie, man. Who can follow that? That's <laughs> good point, but you know we're we're buddies with Kicks Brooks now. That's right. You know, we spent a whole fifteen know, eh? minutes with the guy in L.A. and got him to bring the show to San Antonio. Dude, that was just the, the, the interview. I mean, he he hung around for another fifteen, but he didn't have beer, which, which sucks. Well, he'll bring beer this time around. He will. I'll get him out to the roof pub or something. Yeah, we'll we'll do that. You got to hold right, on. Put to Wayne on hold. Yeah. Uh, 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. Um, we had Ron, he went first. He enjoyed a short time on top of the metal stand. I agree. How, um, you're... You're, well, hang on. Oh, we got another one? Well, there's, there's one more. Edwin was telling us to wait, so I was trying to stretch. You're, <laughs> you're, you're calling it. Edwin? Edwin? Speed is a factor here when we're doing live radio, man. Ron. Well, another Ron? Another Ron. Is it, it's a different Ron. All right, different Ron. You're on. Ron number two. Yeah, I can hear you. All right, can you sing for us, though? Sure. Don't be overly excited. You sound nervous, Ron. You sound nervous. I'm a little bit nervous. All right, another Brooks and Dunn? Yep, let it rip. Okay. Out in the country, Pat. Out (laughs) in the country, Pat. Sitting in the sides where there's a honky-tonk. There's a county line. The joint starts jumping every night when the crowd goes wrong. I got whiskey, women, music, and smoke. (laughs) (laughs) That's when you just go. (laughs) Dude, Ron, I get that, Ron. Awful at the beginning. Solid right in the stretch, and, and then, then you fell off a cliff. <laughs> like, like I thought maybe you got too close to the end of the stage and just fell into the crowd. <laughs> Thanks for trying, man. Dude, that all was right. all right. Thanks, Ron. Um, all right. So, uh, uh, all right, Rudy J., you've heard them all. You're chiming in on Facebook Live. Edwin, who did you like? Just hold up a line number. Just hold up fingers. Okay. So you, you like, all right. All right, and you like... All right. The first Ron was the best. Oh, well, yeah, because the, the well, the, the second Ron. Ron. <laughs> yeah, second if Ron. he would have kept going, he was on a roll there. Yeah, well, it took him a while to get it out of the game. Took him a while, but he he had potential. Rudy, 
Is Rudy commenting on Facebook? I don't know. There you go. All right. <laughs> Ron two is minute. the leader. No, Ron two is not. Now, he, I, he ejected on Ron two you know as what? well. I I see where Rudy's going there because if Ron two would have kept going, I I, I think he might have been there. Ron two hung up. Yeah, well, it's just, yeah. it's it's uh it, it's too late. Um, oh, Wayne was all right too. Well, that's what I'm saying. So you want to go with line four? Yep, all I right. think Wayne was the guy. All right, Wayne. Yeah, man, I, I I'm glad I'm working my way up the ladder here. <laughs> well, you you reached the top, my friend, because you're the winner of this go round. Awesome. You want to sing us out? Please. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there you go. You're a smart <laughs> man, Probably Wayne. Probably so. Well, congratulations, and, and credit Wayne. Credit Joe Reinagle. He picked you. I did. Thanks. All right, Wayne. Thanks for playing. All right. Hang on, though. Don't go anywhere. Don't Edwin's go anywhere. got to get all kinds of information from you. And, and I'll just say that, look, for, for Ron number one and Christian and, and everybody else that called in, Hal and, and everybody else, Danny, we'll do this again. No, we won't. No, we will. We won't. Absolutely, Dude, we see, will. This How is... much fun did you have? And you learned something about Brooks and Dunn today. <laughs> I, I, I love the bit, sing for your supper kind of thing. Yeah. You just can't do it all the time. I didn't say all the time. I just said, we'll do it again. We're not going to do it tomorrow. No. You know, you know what, hang on. You know what we won't do, though, is make people sing for Greta Van Fleet tickets. Well, yeah, that's a good thing because I then you would have to help me there. I don't like them, so uh, it'd be hard for you to win. We'll just random call her for that one. Well, congratulations to Wayne. You yes. done good. Yes, yes, he did. <laughs> so see how Brooks and Dunn—they have some good songs. By what I just heard, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing I learned today is that sports star listeners cannot sing. That is true. They cannot. They may be talented in other areas, but singing ain't it. Well, and again, it's a fun way to give stuff away. Yeah. Every now and then you you, you every, do that. Every now and then. Because it's amazing to me what people are willing to do to get something for free. Absolutely. That's the best thing is for free. If it's free, it's for me. Right. Nothing but wrong with that. You, you know, you really can't say we gave those tickets away for free. They earned them. They had to work for it. Yes. So it wasn't free. They'd sing for their supper. They did. Way to go, Wayne. Good Lord. <laughs> Very uh, nice. Very nice. If you don't want to sing for tickets and you just want to buy them, LiveNation.com for those Brooks and Dunn tickets coming up. I have completely lost my rundown. And you know what? They Well, we've we got to pick another winner. I mean, it's for just, what? don't we? Is that for when? grilling with the Blitz? Oh, that's right. We got to do grilling with the blitz. How long you been doing the show? Fourteen years. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing three months. Come on. Well, you've got your rundown in front of you. <laughs> you know what the roadmap says. Well, there you go, Edwin. It's time for grilling with the blitz. This is generally where we'd have the good pre-produced open with big voice guy say grilling with the blitz. Well, Edwin is—he's uh, working with Wayne. Maybe Wayne's singing to Edwin back there. Multitasking. Yes. It's in the job requirement. That is? Well, he'll get there. Hey, look, I found my rundown. It's time for Grilling with the Blitz, <laughs> where we give away a $50 gift card to Tri-County Meat Market. If you're doing any kind of grilling, upload it to sasportstar.com. Every week, we give away a gift card to Tri-County Meat Market. And I'll tell you what, they're, they're really good nominations and entries this week. But one 
that, quite frankly, we haven't seen before nope. uh, since we've been doing this contest. A little bit different. And and so our winner today is, as, I, as, as the computer's running slow, we already picked the winner. And the winner is Hog. I wanted to get this right. Hog Bratwurst. <laughs> Fresh hog brat smoked with hickory, then cooked in beer and onions. And they look fantastic. They look good, but the the fact, well, hog, that's isn't that what all sausage is made of? <laughs> well, unless it's beef, <laughs> I guess. Unless so. it's beef sausage, I mean, it's meat one hundred and one, Joe. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you could get chicken so sausage. I started that I, is not hog or beef. I started thinking hog, pig, it's the same thing, isn't it? Kind of pork, pork. <laughs> <laughs> See, my guess is. That this guy went and did a little hog hunting. Ah. As opposed to just doing some regular brats. And then made some brats and, out and, of it. And, 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 and because he, he's very specific that it was hog bratwurst. I don't know many places where you go buy just hog, but if you go hunting and you get a hog or two, there is some of that meat that you can harvest. Well, see, then there is a difference between a hog and a pig. Well, yes. Okay. But it's pork. It's still pork. It's it's pork. It's not, it's got to be a different flavor of pork, though. I would think. I mean, pig is pig. Well, yeah, but so like deer is tastes like deer, and then maybe antelope. <laughs> well, and, uh, <laughs> antelope Joe is not a deer. Well, you know, See, what I'm like talking. if you it's get just, a black buck the antelope, same, same family, you know, or you know, if you you get like a, a an atlas deer or something like that, it's a different kind of deer. So the meat's going to be a little bit different. Right. That's what I'm saying. So you, you got a little porky here, and then you've got a hog. <laughs> like I, I, bet, got a, I bet it's different. I got a fallow deer two years ago, which which are known as like the king's deer. They're huge, massive. Right. And that meat was so different. Was so, it good? Yeah. See, I'm not a big deer meat guy. you, you got to prepare it right. You know, like like the ram that I got this year, they were like, what do you want out of this? And I was like, well, what's good? And they were like, donate it. And I said, okay. <laughs> he said, the best thing you can do with this is um, tamales, but the meat processor they use doesn't make the tamales. So I just donated that. You meat. put his head in your house. I'm waiting for it to show You're up. waiting for it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm waiting for it to show up. You know, put a nice little uh, Rams hat on there or a jersey or something. That'd be kind of cool. Not really, no. No? I, I'm not that'd, gonna, be, that'd be awesome. I'm not going to have any kind of Ram stuff in my house <laughs> unless I go to Angelo State and get one of their hats. But I have no connection to Angelo State either. Well, congratulations with the uh, hog yep. brats. Yep. Congratulations, David. You win yourself a $50 gift card to uh, Tri-County Meat Market again this weekend if you're Doing some grilling, take a picture of your meat, upload it at sportstar.com. Why does that make you laugh every time? <laughs> well, you know, it just does because I know how you think. No, I'm talking about grilling. I know what you're talking like about. Like I was telling you what I'm doing tonight for dinner. So ha has anybody ever done that? As far as I know, <laughs> No. As far as I know, but there is a very good reason while you cannot upload your photo and then see it on the website right away. Oh, okay. It's got to go through the gatekeeper that is Nick Trey. Well, that's good. Because otherwise, there might be some things that end up on the website. But I would imagine if somebody did try to take a picture that they might send to somebody that they're uh, talking to on Tinder, that if, that if Nick were to get one of those... 
we would all know in the office. <laughs> they might even have a sock on that thing. But I promise you, you would not end up with a $50 gift card to Tri-County Meat Market. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. <laughs> Just send us a picture of your meat. On your grill. On your grill. <laughs> on your grill. Or your plate, your cutting board. <laughs> We're cooking, Joe. I know. I get it. Now, I get are it. you just, sure? Well, you always emphasize that. And I just. Well, I don't, well, I don't want to picture your vegetables. It's getting hot in here. <laughs> I really don't need a. Because uh, there's a couple on here. There's like there's one. He's got too much green on there for my liking. So, no. A lot of green? Uh, yeah. Was there meat in there? There is. But the guy's got way, way, way too much asparagus on that grill. Well, can't you just push that aside? I mean, if he had that asparagus wrapped in bacon, now we'd be talking. Now, see, I like asparagus, so that might be good. And asparagus goes really well with a steak. It does. It goes great with a steak. Unless you don't eat asparagus. I love asparagus. I don't. I'm t- See, Jason, green vegetables and steak is just a natural pairing. Mm-hmm. It is. Not, you know, not, not just French fries. I don't, I don't eat French fries. With no. Steak. Generally, a baked potato or uh, I eat a lot of corn, corn on the cob, something like that. You need to throw in a green. Maybe a little bit of broccoli. Okay, broccoli. But not the biggest fan of asparagus. Asparagus with a steak, though. Dude, it's awesome. Again, not my thing. Spinach? No. Dude, as much as you like Roos Chris, their cream spinach is outstanding it is yeah the cream spinach there is outstanding so you'll eat that if somebody else orders it, it's family style i'll put a little on my plate yeah but their broccoli is better there but what's really good there is the lobster mac and cheese which that, goes extremely well with the steak that's pretty good i'm not a big lobster guy though but the but the lobster and the lobster mac and cheese you can taste it but it's not a dominant it, it, it's good you would you would like it okay you're not a lobster guy? No, nah, not really. That surprises me. I'm not a me. seafood guy at all, really. You know, I, I like fried shrimp, <coughs> raw oysters. Mm-hmm. That's about it. I don't I, like fish. Everywhere we go, you eat catfish, calamari. Catfish. Well, that's okay. Okay. <laughs> Calamari's okay. <laughs> I like catfish or Long John Silvers. You really just went Long John Silver's? Long John Silver's with a lot of ketchup on it is fabulous. Dude, where are you from? Don't Alice, Texas, baby. <laughs> Don't put that vinegar stuff on there because that, uh-huh. that kind of ruins it. A little ketchup. Your eating habits are interesting. No, I'm not a big seafood guy. Yeah. I eat, I eat a lot of varieties of shrimp. I do like calamari. I always order calamari. Calamari's good. A uh, good clam chowder every now and then. But Long John Silver, like fish and chips, not a fan. I like it if it's done right. But again, it's it's got to be done right. But typically anything fried, if you fry up, you know, it, it's going to be good. Fried catfish in a cold beer. I, I don't. Is there anything better? Fried shrimp in a cold beer. I don't know, man. Fried catfish in a cold beer, that's delicious. Grilled shrimp, bacon wrapped shrimp. No. Go all Forrest what are you, Gump. Forrest Gump now? <laughs> oh, that'd be Bubba. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 good stuff. My goodness, Ryan Eagle. Boy. All right. Dairy Queen tacos and Long John Silver Street. Delicious. Eating. Delicious. And dairy burger steak strips. There you go. In Alice, the... Texas. Yeah. You know, go to Red Lobster and 
you know, the, you got that big shrimp platter. Uh, See when, but, but again, they'll be good at Red Lobster's the little biscuits. The, 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 well, that's it. When they're doing shrimp season, you go in there and you load up on their their shrimp, and then you get the biscuits. But ah. again, when your when your mainstay is a side dish, like a <laughs> if you're a barbecue place known for cream corn or for fried chicken or iced tea, then are you really a barbecue? If you're a seafood place known for your biscuits. See, that's the problem. No, so that's what I'm telling you. That's not. Yeah. Remember. But shrimp. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what that shrimp plate is that they have. At Red Lobster. At Red Lobster. I haven't been there in a long time. Well, yeah, well I haven't either. And, yeah. I guess they probably won't be sponsoring us anytime <laughs> soon either. <laughs> Which is nice. In 14 years, they have it. So I think, I think we're think safe. think we're safe. Yeah, exactly. Second of things, the Blitz with Joe Reinagle and Jason Minix, San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN twelve fifty and one zero three three FM. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM twelve fifty one zero three point three FM. He is Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minix. Spurs play Sacramento tonight. Finally back from that rodeo road trip. Twenty games left in the season. For the San Antonio Spurs, and we've talked a lot, Joe, about are they going to make the play-in tournament? Are they not? What are the odds? Uh, they don't look good, but let's talk about it with an expert. Drew White from BUSR calling in, and tell you what, if, if you're getting into the game, a little scratch on the game always makes it more interesting. Go to BUSR.net slash SportsStar because you'll get a 100% deposit bonus for our great listeners here at the Blitz. Drew, how's your Thursday? Everything's going great. Thanks a lot for having me on the show, guys. I really appreciate it. No, we appreciate you coming on, Drew. You've been in this game for a little while, I understand. I mean, my goodness, the, uh, what do you call it, the gambling game for for several years. So what do you think about games like the Spurs game tonight against Sacramento? Both of those teams, not very good. I think the Spurs are about a six or six and a half point favorite. I mean, how would you address that game? Or was that a game you'd stay away from? I have to be honest with you. Uh, looking at the Spurs, this is they're they're a, they're a bubble team at best. It's, it's it's not their finest year for sure. After five championships uh, over the past twenty five years, which they enjoyed such greatness, uh, it's not it's you know it's kind of a shell of themselves. They can make the they can make the postseason absolutely, uh, but this would be in my opinion a stay away from game. Uh, I I have no opinion there whatsoever. But the Spurs, I'm always rooting for them. I'm, I'm certainly always rooting for the Dallas Cowboys as well. Um, and I know that they've had a drought, but no, that there's certain games that just you don't touch. You just watch them and enjoy. Well, and and that's it. And with the Spurs, like they should win this game tonight. <laughs> and every time you say that, bad things tend to happen, right? I mean, it, it, it's weird uh, that way. When you look at looking at NBA games right now, as you, as you come down the stretch, like Kevin Durant back tonight for Brooklyn, they they were a two seed in the East when he got hurt. He's missed six weeks. You know, they're down at the eight seed. What does the impact of Kevin Durant make, not necessarily for the Nets, but if you're looking to put a little little something something on a game involving the Nets and Kevin Durant? Exactly. So it, that's, a, that's a really good example. So somebody like Durant, he could be worth one to two. It depends, maybe two and a half points. That sounds like an awful lot. Usually be a half a point or a point. But it depends. He's such a high-talented person. And coming off, I believe we said he's 21 games recovering, uh, we always want to watch and see how they come back because 
athletes are stubborn and they actually think that they're, you know, at times it could be supermen, meaning sometimes they come back a little quicker than anticipated. And they, they, well, that's the reason they're in the NBA, for example. But we want to watch and see exactly how they participate next couple of games. And then we're going to price that into the line and see how it goes. But if you're looking for futures, which we offer so many conference division championship, everything possible. I believe we even offer odds to win, to, to make the playoffs. I know we had that in the beginning of the season. I'm not sure if we have that right now, but that is something that you can kind of take a, a quick peek at an example. I know we're talking NBA here, but an example would be with March madness, which is approaching it, You know, you could get a flyer on like a Stephen F a Austin school or, you know, some of these, not Houston because they're popular, but some of these under the radar teams, like maybe even a Seton Hall, just put a couple, you know, put, put a little bit on there and just hope for the best. Because if you make the tournament in the NBA, uh, March Madness, or if you make the postseason in the NBA, anything can happen. If, if you just take a look back uh, to the NFL, the Bengals made the Super Bowl. So one never knows. I mean, the odds, the odds are not always right. They're always close, but they're not always right. You know, Drew, I find it interesting now, too, and when you go to a site – like yours at BUSR, you, you, you don't just have to say, hey, I want the Spurs tonight or I want this team tonight against that team and what, whatever the line is. There's so many different options, aren't there, where you can bet on, on so many different things. It really makes it uh, a lot more interesting and a lot more fun. Exactly. That's a great point. Let me touch on that for a moment. So the the, the old days, remember, I, I got my, my schooling in Las Vegas. I've lived there for quite a long time, and that's where I, I, I learned under some of the best minds that are currently still actually uh, active in, in sports wagering. But having said that, way back in the day, uh, I used to write proposition wagers, and w- the, an example of this would be at the Imperial Palace in Las Vegas, which I don't believe is any longer there. I'm not so sure. <laughs> it's gone, man. It's, it's gone, been yeah. gone a while. The old Imperial <laughs> Palace. But th- this is the amount of knowledge I have, and believe me, I'm so looking forward to being on the show tonight and, and for the future. But I used to write props, for example, Michael Jordan points against Super Bowl first downs and, and combined passing yards, things like that. So that was the inception. And believe me, I could talk about this for hours, but that was the inception of the, of the proposition wager. Same thing with Tiger Woods when he won on those fantastic runs at su- such a young age to win early majors. But now, in, in the year we're in 2022, you can virtually make your own props. So for an example, like let's just say uh, Kevin Durant uh, – hypothetically, you know, of course, let's, let's say it's 100% back, he's in the lineup, then you could, you could actually participate how many points you will have. It won't just be an over-under of like maybe 27.5 points. You could actually pick the amount, over-under 16.5, over-under 12.5, over-under 45. You could bet on, for example, if Kevin Durant has a triple-double or if he's going to have how many assists, rebounds. On top of that, we also offer live wagering, which is you can wager on the game during the game. So, again, going back to – I know I dated myself, but way back when, you could only bet on, a, on a, let's say, an NBA game when it tipped off in the halftime. But now, with, with so much progression, especially with BUSR.com, we offer so many things. There's, uh, there's not one second of the game that you cannot wager on, on virtually anything, including prop bets. And, again, go to BUSR.com slash SportsStar, and you'll get a 100% deposit bonus for listening to this show Drew, the in-game betting is is a bit of a game changer, and I can't wait for I don't know the great state of Texas to make gambling legal in that area. How how has in-game betting affected the gambling world? Fantastic question. So again, our handle used to be prominently on let's let's take an NFL game on the kickoff, and it would be the point spread uh, primarily, 
and then the money line and the total will come second and third. Now with the ad, well, not ad, but now with, with, with uh, in wage, in, in game wagering, that handle has actually not, a, it's, it's approached the, the, the pregame lines, the uh, handle, I'm sorry, but for games like, like March Madness and Super Bowl, it, it actually eclipsed our pregame handle. So this is what it does essentially for us is it, it, it allows us to offer a better product for the customer, but also, you know, let's say that you were, let, let's, let's take again the Super Bowl. Maybe, maybe you missed the kickoff and you're out getting, you know, some burgers and hot dogs. Well, you can still get down on the game, even if the score is 10 nothing or 3 nothing. But people love this now. It, uh, I will tell you something. It took, it took people a while to understand it because the old school, like I mentioned earlier, the old school people were just used to getting their bet down on a sheet of paper on a napkin and passing it to the, you know, somebody and, you know, bet X number of dollars on this and win or lose. But now with the in-game betting, it, it, halftime wagering is it, it, huge, but live game betting, in-game betting, whichever you want to call it, that is, is fast on the way to superseding the, the pregame handle and any quarters or halves. People love it. They absolutely love it because it's exciting. Yeah, and, and if you're losing that first bet, you can try to get even on the next one, I guess, right? <laughs> During the same game. <laughs> exactly. And it's, it, it's, no, it's no more evident than when you're sitting, you know, maybe you're having a beverage at the bar with one of your buddies, and, and he's telling you, oh, my God, like, let's, let's take uh, college basketball. He's like, wow, Houston was favored by 11, and they're down three at the half. There's no way they're going to not come back and crush this team. And, heaven forbid, Houston loses. But let's say, you know, an injury happens or something, and they don't come back and cover. And, and you're like, oh, my goodness, like that was the best chance. So if you pick your spot properly, you know, you can find really good value with it. And, and actually, if you can line up the pregame line or, you know, the closing line, that is, with the lives betting, you can find some really good value if, you, if you're smart. Hey, Drew, I may not be with this question, but I'm looking at the Longhorns' odds of winning the NCAA tournament. Am I wasting my money by putting a little down on UT? Absolutely not. They're, they're <laughs> one of my personal sleepers. They really are. Uh, I, I, I believe, because what, what we're seeing right now, we are having a, a, two of our largest plays uh, The people are loving right now are early in the year of Tennessee and Duke, of course, because this is Coach K's last year. So people are all, they, you know, you know the storylines with all that stuff. But I, I was looking at the specifically the Texas schools, the possibility of them entering the March Madness. And I believe we, we have six easy, and that could climb up to eight, depending on what happens in some conference tournaments. I know eight's a stretch, but it, but it is possible. And Texas, it, if you think about that, we have, what, we have uh, 64 teams in the field. That's, you have eight. That's 12.5% you know, of, uh, of the field. So Texas is looking good this year. And I do like Texas, actually. You know, Drew, when you look at the, at, at, at the tournament coming up, and there's always, especially in that first round, there's going to be an upset or two. Is it, is it worth it, you think, to, find, to try and find one of those teams that you feel like has got a real shot at, at upsetting a five seed or a six seed or, or, or something to that effect? I mean, and how do you go about doing that? Is there a, is there a formula for that? Yeah, there's, there, there are many different ways. People, what I prefer to do, and I've done it for a while, is I, I like, like most people – you know, that are maybe don't have the most experience in the wagering industry. They will, they will select a future on, let's say, for example, Houston to win March Madness. Okay. Well then that means Houston has to win the six games to get there. And, and that's it. And that's fine. But if, if you're looking for value, I prefer to look in the uh, region. So, you know, North, South, Midwest and uh, West. And I like to pick underdogs to win that region. Cause that's where you get a lot of value more so than, for example, them actually winning the whole, the whole uh, uh, March Madness. Texas Tech is a good example. 
um, I think it was last year, I believe, or two years ago, they did real well and they almost won the title. And if you ask me, they played their hearts out that, uh, you know, I actually wish they did. I think it was two or three years ago, but there was so much value on them winning their, their bracket and um, sorry, the region. And that's where I personally find the most value. Also, if you do that, you, what you want to do is let's say that they win the first and second round and they're, they're, they're climbing the way and they're, they're heading to the final four, but say that one game before at the elite eight, you may want to consider hedging also because perhaps they could be in an underdog role there and you don't want to, you know, get those first three games under your belt, and then, for example, maybe you lose it right there in the Elite Eight. So, I always like I always like to take my original wager off the table whenever possible with, with futures. But again, futures are a fantastic way to participate in March Madness and virtually all all professional sports. Drew White from BUSR.com. Always appreciate the insight. Thanks for joining us here on the Blitz. And again, go to BUSR.com/sportsstar. Get your account. Set up, 100% deposit bonus for Blitz listeners. Outstanding. Thank you, Drew. Good stuff. Thank is you here. very much, gentlemen. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Look at, at that. And again, March Madness coming up. The NBA playoffs down the stretch. There'll be some horse racing uh, right around the corner. Maybe some baseball. Maybe, maybe, not. maybe. I, I love the little insights, though, that he gave. I mean, you know, the, the in-game stuff that you can do, the futures betting and you know, so it's not it's it's changed a lot, you know, since some of us started gambling years ago where it's not just where you just call your call your guy. Call your guy and say I want, on Thursday, I want the Spurs minus or six pay and a half on Thursday. And, exactly. Whatever so, the case may be. Yep. That's it. A lot so, easier now. Lot, well a lot easier and a lot more fun and a lot more ways to uh Dude. to win money. We're gonna be positive. Take advantage of the deposit bonuses. Absolutely. hundred percent. Oh yeah. That's incredible. Everywhere. Take advantage of those. I don't care if you're on some other apps or doing some other places. Right. It doesn't matter. Uh, have it everywhere. Take advantage of those uh, deposit matches. Yeah, you deposit 100 bucks, you're going to get 100 bucks. So that's 100%. <laughs> <laughs> that means you have $200 to play with. I'm that's, Joe Reinagle. There you go. And Math see, lessons then you with can Uncle go. Joe. $200, you get $200. Then you have four. Ooh, wow. But wait, there's more. <laughs> And so on and so forth, kids. So check them out. Check them out. I'm, I was on uh, while we were talking to Drew. I'm, I'm on the the website here, and it's very easy to go through and all that kind of stuff. So check it out. They got the Spurs minus six and a half. By the way, would you give up six and a half in the Spurs tonight? Hell no, no, dude. I think I've laid money on the Spurs three times this year. Right. <laughs> okay. And you and have you lost them all? Uh, two of them I know of. Okay, Third well, one I can't remember. And you're doing fine. Although I typically will try to parlay in a yeah. this or that. Yeah, I was going to ask him about that, and maybe in later shows we will. But you know, the the value of a parlay is just higher payoff, higher risk. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, here you don't have to put up as much money though. But here, here's the thing: like, I have found for me, I do a five team parlay. I'm going to lose four. I'm going to win. Really? Five, whatever reason, I can't get that fifth one, and it'll be something dumb that happens in that fifth game. Four, boom, good to go. Well, you know, that, I mean, the odds of winning a five-game parlay, though, are astronomical. So why do you try to do them? I know it is, but, but I mean. But, you know, I'll have four right and the fifth one gone. I had. There's other times where you lose them all, but that, that's that's part of the fun. I had a couple of parlays in the Super Bowl, and 
didn't turn out too well. Because you put everything on the losing team. I, uh, no, it's the winning team. They just didn't cover the spread. I told you that. I told you that. Whatever, dude. I told you that. Stop. Stop. Dude, I had a prop bet that I lost on the Super Bowl that was on its way to being an easy cover until Odell blew out his knee. Because I think he was like 64 yards for the game, and I'm like, yeah, I'll take the over. So, yeah, what was the over? It was 80-something, wasn't it? No, he got hurt at like 46. Oh, so it was 60-something. Yeah. I got you. You And and in the first half, you're like, yeah, this is going to be easy. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, he would have done that easily. So I I enjoy a little uh, little wager from time to time. You know what I mean? Yeah, like daily. Absolutely. (laughs) No? (laughs) If it's a day that ends in Y, I probably have something somewhere. Well, not every Hey, guys, it's Rudy J. Let's talk the biggest stories in sports tomorrow morning, 7 till 10, on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. Spurs back home tonight after a long rodeo road trip. Sacramento in town, not the sexiest of matchups, but generally two bad teams make a really good game. Well, it can. I mean, I don't know how it gets much better than, uh, what was that overtime game they played? Was that against uh, Washington the other night? That was fantastic. Double overtime, I should say. Um, Man, what a game that was. 300 points scored in that game. McDermott back? McDermott is back. Uh, he was listed, you know, he played a little bit in the Memphis game, but then he was listed as questionable early on. But uh, he is uh, he's due to play. 20 games left in the season. They got one odd road trip coming up, but they got a good long stretch of games at they home do. with plenty of days off between. So Pop will be able to get some good practice in, get that practice time in as they make this stretch run. And listening to the guys play, they're trying to figure out how to win and get in, in into the play-in tournament. I, I don't see any real way they avoid the play-in and actually get high enough to get into the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, they would almost have to go 20-0 and 0 to even have a chance. But and I do think they've got a real chance at the play-in. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting because looking at uh, Jeff Garcia locked on Spurs and Ken's five, you know, they did a deal over the um, the podcast. I saw it all over Twitter today, and I think Pledger, Jack Thompson, was a part of it. Talking about has Josh Primo hit his rookie wall? Yeah. Yes. But, but we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. I mean, especially when you look at what he's doing at the NBA level and then getting in the car and going up to Austin and playing there. Guy's playing a lot of basketball, but he was awful the other night in Austin. Well, I'm telling you, and we've been talking about this, because, you know, when he first said, Primo's got to play. This guy's the next thing, next Michael Jordan. He's coming, he's this, he's that. And I'm like, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. You know, Spurs fans get excited, and I'm happy they do. But you got to take things and be realistic with them. You know, they all get mad at Pop for sending guys to Austin. Well, that's where they need to be. That's where they need to play. And Josh Primo is a 19-year-old kid who had one year of college basketball. And the NBA is a completely different animal. It's it's more physical. It's a grind with the travel, the back-to-backs. It's a grind. And you got to believe that this guy was going to get tired, and he has. And he has hit a little bit of a wall. Give this guy some chance a couple years, two, three years from now. 
Josh Primo could be a big star in the NBA. He could be. And again, the the thing about a guy hitting his rookie wall at this point is, I, I mean, he he's young in a project, and we knew that. He should be a freshman in college. Yeah. Remember he... Or sophomore. He, well, no. Remember he skipped his senior year to True. go to college early. That's so, I right. Mean, he, I mean, he's young, young. He's young. And so, but the idea of... Josh Primo being a difference maker on this team, being a playoff team or not, is, dude, seriously? But because you look at Lonnie Walker has been incredible since the trade deadline. Yeah. I don't know if the light bulb went off when he saw a guy like Derek White get traded, but I can't believe that Derek White's presence had such a negative effect on Lonnie Walker. The only thing I could say with Derek gone, the light bulb went off finally for Lonnie Walker. But I don't think Lonnie Walker was being held back by the presence of Derek White, although he's certainly playing a hell of a lot better since Derek White left the building. Yeah, and maybe he just found some freedom, Jason. I don't know. But I think always Lonnie Walker's biggest problem has been between his ears. Obviously, he's got the talent. He's got the skills. He's athletic as all get out. But he always had the trouble between the ears. And I say that not because he's, I think he's dumb. I think he's a very smart guy, a very smart basketball guy. But Lonnie would have a tendency, if something went wrong, that he would get down on himself and he was worthless for about the next 10 minutes. And and, and that was the problem. And so you've got to get over that. And you hear it all the time in pro sports. You've got to have a short memory. You know, if something went wrong, you've got to forget about it and move on. And I don't know what coach it was, but I'll never forget this saying is don't let one loss turn into two. Yep. And and I love that saying, and in pro sports it's so important. So Lonnie Walker playing well, and it's good to see. We got one minute here? All right. I would have kept going then. Well, you can. (laughs) We've got one minute, Joe Reinagle. Devin Vassell is another guy that I think is benefiting from that trade, getting the opportunity to be in that starting lineup. So I think the Spurs win tonight, Jason, and I think they cover that six-and-a-half-point spread. Joe Reinagle. That's for entertainment purposes only. But I'm You're, saying that they win at Sacramento's a tired ball club. They are. They got their ass kicked last night by New Orleans. They scored 13 whole points in the fourth quarter down in the Big Easy because they took it easy in the fourth <laughs> quarter. If you are betting on this game, six and a half or not, you are a degenerate. Um, I wouldn't touch this game because with the Spurs, there are no easy wins. There are no cupcakes. They win this game by more than six and a half. I won't argue. Okay. I just won't put my money where my mouth is. All right. Well, Spurs I'll, need this one, though. I'll celebrate tomorrow, then. They need this one. <laughs> Make sure and wake up with Rob and Rudy tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. for R&R in the morning. We'll talk to you boys tomorrow at 4.